0: You're good I'm good yeah okay mm-hmm.
1: okay I'm gonna clap one more time. okay okay
0: Are you ready to be thrilled? Hi Lena. Hey Laura. how's it going? It's going. Well we're thrilled to be here and we're the thrilled the podcast. And it's a Monday.
1: Yeah, it's a Monday, which is we're having a case of the Mondays. Yeah,
0: and Elena just got back from a trip. Not, I did. Not too long ago. Friday, did you get back? Yeah,
1: or I got back Thursday night. Okay. Uh, it was the longest day ever because I worked. <laughs> I was just telling you this. I worked under my dad's staircase in his non-air-conditioned Oh, yeah, you said you were like Colorado. Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, I was like Harry Potter working on my like tiny little screen. it's very difficult to like work from a laptop only when you're so used to having it a is. bigger screen. I hate it. My stepmom asked me. Oh, like what? What's the use of like the bigger screen? Like, how do you use that? And I was just like, um, I didn't even know how to answer it. I was like, for everything, from, yeah. for visibility, <laughs> for so that I can multitask. Like, I can no
0: longer work on just a laptop. It feels yeah. so hard. It feels so difficult. Everything feels so small,
1: and I can't drag and have multiple things up. And yeah, it just feels It's really just it's weird to even think about why it is. It's just like it's just impossible. Yeah, I can't do so, it. So yeah, I I worked that day, and then I took a flight home and and I've been here since and yeah was a an interesting family reunion. Um <laughs> I feel like all family reunions are kind of slightly dysfunctional and they are. Mine definitely was as well. But definitely. yeah, what's you're you're going out of town soon on a very exciting fancy non-family reunion trip. Yep, in a couple
0: weeks we're going to a wedding in Croatia and then because it's like a 15-hour flight over there, might as well see the sights. So Yep we're going to split opatia um, i'm forgetting where else dubrovnik zagreb i don't remember where else in croatia and then we're also going to northern italy so we're going to like chianti and oh my gosh florence and venice and bologna and a bunch of little like towns in and, it's oh, and the Dolomites. so romantic and cute. Yeah, for two weeks we have never been to Europe together. We've only been the only international trip we've done is Mexico
1: a couple times. So. Yes, you and I have been here to yes. together. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, um, <laughs> my John, this it. whole time has just been waiting for his opportunity. Remember when he made the Indian meal when we were at like we the Indian restaurant in London? Yeah, Dishoom. If Anyone's in London, definitely oh, check best. out Dishoom. It was the best. It's so good. Cool. Uh, John made a nice meal for himself that mirrored. Oh my our, god, he was so jealous. Our he dinner. went crazy at the end of our trip. He was just like so lonely
0: and like <laughs> he was mirroring everything we did. So he was making steak frites when we had steak frites. He was,
1: which is impressive.
0: He, he was making Dishoom or he ordered Indian. I won't he's go a good chef, far. so. He is. But yeah, it'll be fun. So this is our last official, like last episode where we're covering
1: a film mm-hmm. for, for season
0: one. Season one. Up there yeah.
1: Holds. And we'll give you one more bonus episode at the end of this season where we'll do some fun recaps and fun facts about our entire season of films. And yeah. we'll be excited to come back for season two in the fall at some point. Things we messed up, bloopers. Oh yes. We cut yes. out. There was plenty. So. Lots
0: of, lots of bloopers. Yeah. But today we're covering the talented Mr. Ripley. I'm Yay. so excited. This was directed by Anthony Minge- I looked at this, actually, looked this up, how to pronounce it, and I forgot oh. to write it down.
1: Oh Mengele? my gosh. Yeah, that sounds, I mean, I'm not going to say yes, but that probably is maybe right. That's the dad of Max Mingela. Oh, wait, from Handmaid's Tale. Oh my gosh.
0: Well, he's from a bunch of other stuff, but I know him from that, and I see him at Erewhon all the time.
1: No, you don't. Really?
0: Oh, yeah. He's always at Air one.
1: Hold on. And I he's dating... He's that guy. Okay. L Fanning.
0: Like, and that's actually
1: crap. I didn't know he was dating Elle Fanning. Yeah. I think still.
0: Maybe they broke up, but... Hmm.
1: He's 5'10". For some reason, I was expecting he would <laughs> be a shorter. <laughs> I kind of did, too, actually. Like, he just seems like a kind of, like... <laughs> yeah, compact stockier man. Stockier, compact man. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Compact is a very good word to describe him. Yeah. But that's his dad. Okay. That's his dad. Wow. He has his dad did away, something. Really did a very... Sad. Very um, critically acclaimed movie. I know.
0: Yeah. So, And then it was based on Patricia Highsmith's 1955 novel of the same name. Yes. The Talented Mr. Ripley. And she has four or five Tom Ripley books. Um, oh, really? I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's a series. The Talented Mr. Ripley, Ripley Underground, Ripley's oh Game, my gosh. The Boy Who Followed Ripley, and Ripley Underwater.
1: Wait, why did they not make another movie? Oh, my God. I oh. This movie was a success. I know. So I'm very surprised. Yeah. Especially because the end, you're like... There could be more. There could be. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, there should be more. <laughs> oh,
0: God. Well, we're about to get into it. But we are. First, I will take us through some trivia. So this movie came out in 1999. Our which, first duplicate. Yeah, we had The Bone Collector that came out in 1999. So I have covered Y2K computer stuff and like general <laughs> panic. And oh my God, of course you get the trivia packs for 1999 I was like, again. I fuck, I can't do this again. Uh, I was seriously having flashbacks. I'm like, I, I can't put everyone through when I like went on a tangent about zippers and like just <laughs> generally went insane. <laughs> so I won't be doing that. But there is some, 1999 was a crazy year. There's a lot. So okay, good. We got still to come back to it. Whatever. The Sopranos premiered in January, nineteen ninety nine. Did you have you ever watched The Sopranos? I have not, which is kind of embarrassing.
1: Oh, you gotta watch it! It's I know. not embarrassing.
0: I mean, like, I didn't have HBO at that time, and if you didn't, it was you couldn't. How could? So, I mean, well, I guess you could have watched it by now.
1: <laughs> <But> I could have <laughs> watched by now, but I definitely didn't have like HBO. Yeah, um, growing up, so
0: we would watch it when you know when like I don't know Time Warner or your cable company would have like a preview weekend where mm. they would like. I don't preview not have a cable company okay. that's right okay but okay well like they wanted you to subscribe to like the extra channels okay and so they would do like a preview weekend okay, every once in a while sense. those preview weekends i would cancel all plans i'd be like i'm home watching sex in the city for like the half hour that i i get to watch it before my parents come home oh my god and they had the sopranos on um one year and so my dad and i were watching it And we got like, we got like a significant way in, but then of course they leave you on like a cliffhanger episode so that you want to subscribe and finish it out. And so then I never did until I watched the entire series, I don't know, maybe like seven years ago. And I fucking loved it. I was like, really? I was so immersed in that world. I would like finish work, like do everything as quickly as I could so that I could watch the next episode.
1: Like I was just, okay. So You're making me it. want to watch it because it's I, so good. I do get like that. I got like that with Breaking Bad. Oh, yes. I feel like you could get like this with The Sopranos. Okay, I probably would. It's so good. I have to do the same with The Wire, though. The Wire is oh. the other one. Oh, my God. Yeah. I've I haven't seen oh, it.
0: I don't know which one you should start with. I love The Wire, too.
1: Okay. Well, they're both on my list. Just and now that i finished love Stranger love Things season four, I I'm, I'm oh, I have more free time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Wasn't it so good? It was so good. Yeah. That um, last episode was like a movie. Two and, and a half so hours. It was so long.
0: I was sobbing at any part that Max was on the screen. She's oh my God. She's such a
1: good actress. You love her. I'm she am obsessed with her yes. from
0: Taylor Swift. Yeah. I don't
1: understand how she can look. So we're talking about so young. Sadie Sink. Sadie Sink. Yeah. How she can look so young. I'm obsessed with her. Like literally she looks like she could be in ninth grade. I know. And then all of a sudden she can be like in her twenties. She 20s. multitudes. She's amazing. Yeah. She's very, she's such very a good cute. actress.
0: I love her. But anyway, so The Sopranos was huge. Um, it was direct or created by David Chase. The story revolves around Tony Soprano, obviously. This might make you want to watch it more. Like, it's all, like, explored during his therapy sessions with his psychiatrist. Ooh, okay. So, like, a good
1: psychological sort of narrative. Oh, my God, it's so good. All of the memes, all of the, like, it's just perfect. So. I think you might be the first person to finally make me feel like it's, I should watch. I should watch this. I think you'll like it. I actually think you'll like it. you saying this makes me be like, okay,
0: yeah, you'll like it. You'll get into it. You I, I thought the same thing, like. It's past, but yeah, I did. Cause I
1: it's hard to want to go back when you're not sure if you're mm-hmm. going to be really, no, you got to watch it. Yeah. Okay.
0: Family Guy also premiered, which is I crazy. I can't, I can't believe it started that long ago. It, I think it was canceled at one point and then it came back. So obviously it's been successful for years and years. Yeah. Um, movie wise, <clears> 10 <throat> things I hate about you. She's all that and Cruel Intentions. Oh my god. Can you believe that? What a trifecta. Uh, also The Matrix, American Beauty, The Blair Witch Project, and Sixth Sense. We covered a couple of those in yeah, Film Collector. We
1: just recently, so Michael had never seen She's All That. Oh my god. Which it's so bad but so good. It's horrible. Um, But like truly it's bad. <laughs> yeah. It is. Uh, But we went, I don't know if I told you this, but we went downtown like where we stayed at a hotel like randomly oh yeah. uh, hmm. about a month ago and we went and saw a screening on a rooftop of She's All That. I didn't know She's All That. Yeah. And so it was fun to just kind of like reminisce. But also I was like, oh my God, this is so bad. (laughs) Do you remember like Taylor Vaughn, the main evil girl or whatever? Mm -hmm. And then like also Rachel Lee Cook is just, of course, beautiful the entire time. And then she's like, takes off her glasses well, and it gets know, her haircut.
0: Not another teen movie. Have you seen? That? Yes. Oh my God. Oh
1: yes. Oh yes. I We're forgot it. that they she's did like the a satire. of yeah. Yes. Like,
0: hot, ugly girl takes off her glasses and is hot. Yes.
1: You're right. Oh my God. I haven't like, seen oh, my God. not another teen no movie idea. in forever.
0: Janie. I can't remember her last name. Lainey Boggs. Yeah. Laney. but her, okay. And, and not but, another oh, teen yeah. movie. She's Janie.
1: Janie. Yeah. I don't know.
0: And then Chris Evans is in it. Like, Oh my God, I forgot about that. And he does the, the, um, like from Varsity Blues, the whipped cream.
1: Oh, yes, yes, yes.
0: Bikini, but he does I it. I saw that like,
1: yeah, I have to rewatch. That's a perfect. And then he
0: sings Janie's got a gun and it's like, she's got a gun. I would like remember that. Funny. Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. All right. Anyway. Okay. I got really into
1: that. Sorry. Okay. But yes, all those movies are great. I also loved The Matrix. American Beauty was one of my favorite movies of all time at, yeah, at the time. So
0: I know all great movies in 1999. Um, Shakespeare in Love beat out Saving Private Ryan for Best Picture. So That's this drama. was crazy. The run up to the 1999 Academy Awards, like no one thought there was any other chance that Saving Private Ryan wouldn't win Best Picture. Okay. And the movie swept like the entire night, like it won everything up until Best Picture when oh Shakespeare in Love won. And it, it's largely, I mean, it's, it's true. Harvey Weinstein had this huge campaign for Shakespeare in Love to win and I guess it worked but it's still seen as this like just crazy shakeup, like one of the most surprising wins of all time. Wow,
1: I didn't know that. Me I neither. didn't know that that happened. Like, what does that
0: mean? What's like, a ca- I mean, I know he was awful. I didn't know he was also campaigning for movies to sweep awards. Like, what Well, I do? imagine,
1: did he produce Shakespeare in Love? I actually have no I'm idea. I'm sure Probably. he did, I guess. I mean, I think that people have, been everything. Everything. people have been saying forever that like the Academy Awards are just totally like political and, mm-hmm. and they're... I guess they are, yeah. You know, you could have a much better movie, but if you're talking to the right people and shaking the right hands, you can get yourself like an award mm-hmm. if you talk to Which I of don't course know. he was. So he would have, he absolutely would have done that. Yeah. So I,
0: did you see Saving Private Ryan? Or did you see either of those?
1: So I, oh God, I actually don't think I saw Saving Private Ryan.
0: Saving Private Ryan, the one where like, well, if you haven't seen it, sorry. <laughs> but just say it. It's, again, it's, no, ago that's black hawk down oh my god oh okay <laughs> i did see black hawk down where he holds on the guy's hands yeah and then he just like slides off like oh like, yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah, my that's god so sad yes but that, no that ruined me i can't really watch war movies because my brother's in the military and i just get very like i can't do it, this they're really I sad i can't fucking do this but
1: yeah that one and then black hawk down and there was another one that like was it with Josh Hartnett, or was that Black Down? That was Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett. Okay, yeah. that's the one I mean then. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was sad. Saving Private Ryan was like almost three hours long, it looks like. Yeah. And I don't think I saw it in Tom Hanks and Matt Damon.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was like, that's like what you'd think would win Best Picture, but.
1: Yeah, I did watch Shakespeare in Love, like kind of paying attention because my mom was watching it It was very Mm -hmm. much like a movie that my mom would have liked i remember thinking it looked very boring but i was like 12 years old so i think it looked boring too i can't really remember if i saw i probably like half watched it as well oh yeah it's like joseph joseph fines and Mm -hmm. gwyneth our girl gwyneth
0: yep oh my gosh she was in everything yep uh in movie or no music music news all star by smash mouth living la vida loca by ricky martin and Smooth by Santana
1: topped the charts. So Ooh, there was I'm like glad a you added some music in there. Those are, I can feel the times so good. now.
0: Did, have you heard the recent rumors about Ricky Martin or allegations, I should say? No. Oh, they're extremely disturbing. Okay,
1: fill me in. You're my person to nope, tell these, me all this these This is things. alleged, alleged, alleged. I have no idea if it's
0: true. I don't even know if I have an opinion on if okay. it's true or not yet. But allegedly, he's been, he had an affair. I don't know if you can call it an affair. He was sleeping with his 21-year-old nephew. Oh, my God. I know, sorry. What?
1: Yeah. People are the worst. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> is it? <laughs> what? But then there's like, it's not a, I mean, he, uh,
0: he was going to maybe have something come out with HBO and so then like HBO might be doing this cover up where they're saying like that didn't happen. I don't know. Believe all victims. So, I'm not sure, but okay. Seems crazy. I will keep it like my oh, eyes Ricky peeled. Martin. I remember when he came out as gay, I was like, "All right, I love him." Yeah.
1: And I love I had the biggest crush on him. Really? Huge crush. I always kind of had got the like Gay sensation from him, like I, I felt like he was just like a beautiful man that like I couldn't be attracted. Gator was totally off. I was like, mm. he will be my husband. I love him. <laughs> really, really liked him.
0: Um, and yeah, I love all the. I love Santa. I love Smooth by Santana. Still, when it yes. comes out in a grocery oh store, gosh. I'm
1: like still dancing. It's I love a it. that's a great like that's a good jam. It's and a grocery
0: store song, but it's good.
1: You know that I'm wishing I could sing All Star, <laughs> but I'm not.
0: Our lawyers want copyright. Lie. Yeah. Um, Lauren Hill swept at the Grammys. She won five Grammys for her 1998 album, The Miseducation of oh, Lauryn yeah. Hill, an incredible album. Mm-hmm. She left the 41st annual Grammy Awards with arms full of gleaming gold Grammys. Like, there's that famous picture of her with I all of the Grammys right in now. her arms. It's amazing. Um, it was the first ever album of the year trophy for a hip-hop record she won. Oh, wow.
1: That's like a very, yeah, that's an exciting nice. milestone. It is, yeah. Do you see the picture? And she look radiant. She looks so pretty. And she's like, and you. oh my gosh. Yeah. She is glowing a because, of because all of those. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. This is a super hard transition. There's no way that I can do this.
1: Oh no. I'm sorry.
0: In a nice way. um, This was the year of Columbine, which oh, I oh. did not realize happened in 1999. It's so crazy to talk about this now. Cause we've just had, countless school shootings since then. So many, yeah. I have actual chills talking about this because I'm just, I mean, like we're coming off the heels of Uvalde. We're Mm -hmm. coming off the heels of the Buffalo shooting. Yep. Um, In 1999, I'm not going to name the school shooters because they don't deserve anything, but Columbine High School in Littleton, Colorado, these were two students there. They killed 12 students and a teacher before killing themselves. And 21 additional people were injured by gunshots. Gunfire was also exchanged with the police before they um, ultimately killed themselves. I wish that it had been, this had been an inciting incident for gun control in the U S that would have been,
1: Hey, we should know
0: easy access to guns. We should have some regulations in place that prevent this from happening ever again. Instead, they just make up like fake bipartisan bills that like don't really do that much. That's different. And they've been doing it forever. Fuck the NRA and uh, gun control now. And like there's just at this, I cannot believe it. it drives me. I went down a real rabbit hole. Like I was having a lot of fun doing <laughs> oh this no. research and then I was
1: just so depressed. Like, fuck oh <laughs> oh God, <laughs> God, I'm so <laughs> sorry. You're always like, <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. Completely I mean, changed the mood. It's,
0: that's what, that's reality. It, it is. Yeah.
1: Like 99 is not all pop trivia and fun. No. And rainbows.
0: Yeah. So a couple more things because I cannot end on that, but I am ending on something else depressing. Okay. Um, great. First, doctors in Louisville, Kentucky performed the first human hand transplant, which oh, is pretty cool. That is cool. They replaced a severed hand of a New Jersey man with one from a recently dead donor. I mean, oh. like I didn't know that was only happening in Do you can just have like, like a hand. dead hand on you? I guess so. And then hopefully it takes and it doesn't like necrop eyes or whatever it's called or whoa
1: yeah. i would like to know how that new jersey it's also just funny like new jersey man it's i know like florida man <laughs> <or anything. laughs> i don't know it's <laughs> a dead hand it's um, a dead hand oh and then another tragedy
0: john f kennedy jr his wife carolyn Bissett kennedy and her sister lauren Bessette. We're lost at sea. I've never really heard it phrased by that, like that, lost at sea. Hmm. When a plane
1: he was piloting disappears near Martha's Vineyard. Um, I mean, I've heard lost at sea, but I think of it as more of like a fictional, like, they were lost at sea, not like you actually.
0: I'm so stupid. I don't know if there was their plane never recovered Were the remnants never recovered. Not that I'm aware of. Oh, God, that's fucking awful.
1: Yeah. Okay. Anytime there's like, you know, the. um, the Malaysia. Yes. Flight. Oh my God. I, mm-hmm. that drove me insane. Well, I was did living watch, in New York city and
0: what's it called manifest that show. That's like no. the ABC show where no. they kind of did like if that flight came back and they were stuck in this, like,
1: no, I haven't seen it. I started watching
0: that this winter. It was like a, a comforting show Is at it first. Good? No. Okay. <laughs> it's bad, but it's like, yeah. But like it's yeah. And then I just got, I just, I, I dipped out, but yeah, I was very um I read Carol Radswill, who is a former Real Housewife of New York, her memoir called Um, What Remains and she was dating the cousin of John F. Kennedy Jr., I believe, when and she was waiting for them at their house. Oh. Their vacation home when that accident, when the plane crash happened. Oh my god. And so they just never arrived. And it that would was be
1: so that would be So, so I learned
0: I like read about it through not I didn't learn about it through her books I read that not too long ago but the way that she talked about it it just felt more like familiar to me which was mm. a very stupid feeling because I don't know these people but I mean, yeah. at this point, you basically do know the Real Housewives. <laughs> oh, totally. oh, the Real Housewives <laughs> I know. The Real Housewives i definitely know. Carol okay, I know. Okay, but, but maybe yeah. not the Kennedy family. I don't know the Kennedys. Yeah, but okay. Now that I've depressed us, um, yeah, let's we're sufficiently depressed. Let's mm-hmm. move into and I somehow have managed, even though I talented. didn't talk about computers. I talked about Columbine. For
1: for going to swap out computers for something more depressing, uh, but yes. also more relevant. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. not the computers aren't relevant, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Uh, okay. thank you for those fun facts. those were mostly fun and also important yeah
0: all right well let's move along okay <laughs> to the cat a quick cast list roll call do you want me to do this because you're about to talk for, sure like, yeah so long yeah so we have this isn't everybody not a complete list but we have Matt Damon as Tom Ripley Gwyneth Paltrow as Marge Sherwood Jude Law as Dickie Greenleaf, Kate Blanchett as Meredith actually how do you say that Logue
1: I thought it was Logue
0: okay yeah Logue Philip Seymour Hoffman as Freddie Miles Philip Seymour Hoffman is, he is thin, he is he's young, so young, he looks so different, so different, crazy different. And I and totally he plays, forgot he died until I started like, he plays such a different character than yes, you used to with yes, him. Yes. Yes.
1: He's, he's really, he's an interesting character. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. I'm so excited for you to take us through this. Okay. Yes. Let's
1: do it. Best of luck. This is, a long one. <laughs> this is a long one. I did my best to be, you know, a little bit more high level than usual, but if you want to, you know, chime in with anything okay. that I'm missing. I always remember the time that we were, or we were listening, listening, talking about bone collector recording. Oh yeah. Bone Collector, And I was like, okay, so I'm just going to go ahead and like breeze through this. And like, there's this the old rats. man on a train. <laughs> no, there's, well, there's that. But then I was like, there's an old man on a train, um, and a little girl. And you're like, I am so sorry, but I'm not going to let you skip past the little girl. That little girl is amazing. Oh yeah. She's from snow day. Yeah. You're like, she's from snow day. And then I was like, oh my gosh, of course I missed like the one detail that you wanted to touch on so yes do not be shy okay we will do okay so it is 1958 New York City there is a very depressing and operatic song playing a la 90s mm-hmm. uh, we fade into the face of um Tom Ripley who's played by Matt Damon he's sitting alone the camera is like rotating around his face and it's kind of like it's like the screen is like sort of slashing I don't know how to describe it exactly but it's like in pieces you're seeing you're seeing his face in light and then at the end it kind of ends in darkness on the dark side of his yeah. face. Oh, good observation. And there's voiceover that is coming from Matt Damon as Tom Ripley that says, if i could just go back, if i could rub everything out, starting with myself, starting with borrowing a jacket. Mm. So, we move into this beautiful Central Park terrace in the early evening, looks like a cocktail party. Ripley is at the piano. Um, Tom Ripley is at the piano playing classical music. He's accompanied by uh this soprano named Fran who's like an opera singer and they are the entertainment for the night and i don't know if this was just me but i was like fran can't possibly be the one singing the song because like she seemed like she was like pretending to like yeah. sing really like deeply and like i was also trying as to an figure an opera out singer if it was a
0: funeral or
1: like what yeah. was going on yeah i looked it, it, was... it up later and it was like a wedding thing it seemed so depressing it did seem depressing okay yeah i, I agree yeah.
0: i she didn't she wasn't playing realistic too?
1: Yeah, an I wasn't girl. quite buying it. But Ripley is wearing a Princeton jacket, mm-hmm. and after their set is finished, this wealthy older white man comes up with his wife, um, and he introduces himself as Mister Greenfield and introduces her as Emily, Mrs. Greenfield, and I think she's in a wheelchair. Uh, and is it Greenleaf? Wait, did I say Greenleaf? He
0: said Greenfield.
1: I said Greenfield. You're probably okay. I don't know why <laughs> it's green leaf. You're right. It's not green. It's not a green field. It's green leaf. It's Hopefully okay. I didn't fuck that it's up throughout the entire. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like that. You just changed their name. Right oh no. Before. I
1: say Greenleaf. leaf. Okay. okay. It's just the one. <laughs> well, they, they hadn't really been introduced yet. So, okay, you're good. Yeah. I was yeah. just getting a little wild, mm-hmm. taking a while to know, get to know him. Uh, so, mr greenleaf <laughs> assumes that tom went to princeton because he has that blazer on and tom doesn't end up correcting him so when greenleaf mentions his son dickie and asks tom if he knew him at school at princeton uh tom just doesn't deny it at all and is like oh how's dickie mm-hmm. but you can see the wheels turning in his head because he's like yeah, yeah sure how he's gonna respond but then he like decides to yeah just pretend mm-hmm. that he did go to princeton uh and then Mr. Greenleaf goes on to make some very chastisizing parental comments about how his son uh Dicky is playing the saxophone always listening to jazz and Mr. Greenleaf thinks that that's just noise. He kind of very specifically is like uh jazz is just noise. So the green oh my gosh, I say Greenfield off what? <laughs> I say Greenleaf and then Greenfield off and on. This is going to drive me crazy now. Okay, so the green the Greenleaves or the Greenfields or whatever. <laughs> um Would Greenleaf plural be the Greenleafs? Yeah, I know.
0: You're right. That's how
1: I said (laughs) it in my head, but I don't know. No. The Greenleafs say goodbye to Tom and Fran on the street outside the venue. And as the Greenleafs get into their Rolls Royce, Mr. Greenleaf says to his wife, like, Tom is an exceptional young man. And then they also comment on Tom and Fran being a lovely couple. Because they see that Tom has like kissed Fran on the cheek as she's getting into a car. However, things are not exactly as they seem. So from a different vantage point, we now see that Tom is actually just escorting Fran into the car with her actual boyfriend. I was kind of confused about this at first. But Mm -hmm. I had to go back and be like, okay, no. He's not dating her. So he escorts her into that car with her actual boyfriend. And then he thanks her boyfriend for letting him borrow his Princeton jacket for the set, which he was just filling in for.
0: Yeah. Cause he, the guy broke his arm. Yes.
1: Yeah, so the guy yeah. broke his arm. So he was just actually filling in. That wasn't his normal gig. Yep. And obviously that was not his normal jacket because he did not go to Princeton. Mm-hmm. So we learn that Tom is lying a little bit. Yep. So we actually do learn what Tom's real job is later that night. He is an usher or like an event attendant at a theater So Tom and Mr. Greenleaf meet up again the next day at the shipping yard. And Mr. Greenleaf, I think, owns the shipping yard. Like, that's what he's, that's where he got all of his money. It's like Greenleaf shipping. Yeah. It's, how many times did I write Greenfield in here? (laughs) I am, I am beside myself. (laughs)
0: I just, I truly love that you renamed them. You're like, fuck it.
1: Not Greenlee. It's Greenfield.
0: <laughs> it's Greenfield. It's just another like rich white people last name of like shipping yeah. hairs. It could it's be a Greenfield. a color and like Greenland. a nature. Yeah. Either, a, honestly, a nature they're interchangeable.
1: <laughs> it's fine. Okay. I'm just going to go back and forth if I, you know, if I forget. Uh, it, it was a little weird to me that like they made this appointment kind of like to meet at the shipping yard. It is weird. But like, we don't know why Tom was like sure yeah I'll meet you at the shipping yard like we don't really know why yeah uh, so he said that Dickie his son is spending his allowance just sailing around on boats all day in Italy with his girlfriend Marge and he essentially recruits Ripley to go to Italy to persuade his son to come home and he thinks that Tom will be able to talk some sense into him he offers to pay Ripley a thousand dollars and then Ripley accepts even though he has no fucking clue who Dicky <laughs> is and he did not go to Princeton Oh, Tom. So this is all within the first five minutes. Like,
0: why is he doing this? Yeah. He's just I like, I forgot sure. that this was the inciting incident. This yeah. was the thing was that the thing. Like, yeah. set him off. And I was like, this is fucking stupid. At yeah. any point, he could have just been like, I'm busy or. Yeah. But
1: he's like, like ended the thing dollars. there. But yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess that's why I emphasize like he's must be struggling. Yes. You're he's right. He's got that job and he's like taking little random gigs. And now he's like. He's like, yeah, this is better. Than give me a thousand dollars. Go to Go to Italy. Go to Italy
0: You're right. It doesn't sound too Yeah, I guess it's not that bad. Times are different.
1: So he may not be the best, but he might also just not be too crazy yet. So in order to prep for the trip... I shouldn't have said that he wasn't too crazy yet. In order to prep <laughs> for the trip, Tom does what any normal person would do and blindfolds himself at home in his apartment, putting jazz records on the record player, trying to guess what musician is which, so he can impress Dickie when he goes on the Italian rendezvous. Honestly,
0: this is impressive. I've never put that level of effort into anything.
1: No, I was like, wow, okay. Like, like really, really teaching himself yeah. jazz within what was probably like two days. The blindfold, the t- and he was pretty he wasn't
0: good at it yet but he obviously he's gonna get good he was determined
1: yeah so he'd be like oh yeah I got it right like mm-hmm. he'd take off the blindfold and look at the record and guess who the musician was so we know that Tom's not naturally into jazz um he obviously like kind of connected with Dickie's dad about being much more into classical music so now that he is totally prepared he is off <laughs> to Europe uh, I think he takes a boat which sounds yeah. like a very long trip yeah But he takes a boat, and when he arrives at the station, he's looking for his luggage. He ends up meeting a young, beautiful Kate Blanchett, who's wearing a red headband, a fancy black dress with a pearl necklace, and red lipstick. She looks amazing. She looks stunning. She notices Tom right away, because they're both waiting for the R's section um, in the luggage department, and she's essentially just jealous that he packed light, as she calls it, streamlined. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So she introduces herself as Meredith, an heiress for a textile empire, for some reason because... Tom is a totally normal person. He introduces himself as Dickie Greenleaf. Oh,
0: my God. Why does he decide to do that?
1: And it's very... Like, the thing is, he makes these decisions, and they're not calculated at first, and they later become calculated. But this is another one where he just decided to, like, go for it. It's not yet, like, pathological. It's just kind of... Yeah. Spontaneous.
0: This. Have you ever, like, done a very, very not intense version of this, (laughs) but, like, at Trader Joe's when they're like, what do you have planned for the day? And I don't have anything. And I'm like, Oh, oh, I'm... I oh, yeah, to a movie and like <laughs> oh God, uh, <laughs> I, uh, and I'll and i just like make, and I, I don't know why I just like, it's usually a Trader Joe's. Honestly, it's always a Trader Cause Joe's. Cause they're
1: so chatty and they're I feel so like chatty. they want me to have something good to me say. Me too.
0: On New Year's, I didn't realize I was on there. I was oh, there at New Year's. I feel Year's like you told me this. And they were like, the guy was like, so what you got going on tonight? And I thought he was hitting on me. And so Oh for yeah, like, you were like I t- was completely frozen, and I was like, oh, oh my god, I can't believe I'm okay. Will, <laughs> like, wow, still got I it. Were you
1: telling me. This. And then I
0: was almost gonna be like, Sorry, have a boyfriend. But I, then I was like, It's New Jersey City, Flora. Like, get a grip you're like I'm hanging out and I was with like my I I probably lied about a fucking plan then too because the Trader Joe's people just get a totally different version of <laughs> Laura <laughs> of my life <laughs> it's so humiliating I need to have a plan for when I go in there like I honestly wish that I could like make up a good lie on
1: the spot like that because oh it's only it's it's specific to Trader Joe's it's specific but there to are that times experience. when I they ask me that and I'm like Mm, not uh, sometimes I lot. can't do it. Yeah, sometimes
0: I can't do it. Sometimes <laughs> it just has to be if I have like I don't know some creative juice that day, or if I'm just feeling like really awkward and I need something. Yeah. But then if
1: they keep asking questions, I'm like, fuck. You're like, okay, now you're really making me feel like a liar because I'm having to like <laughs> like in the details. Yeah. And then I walk out
0: and I'm like, why did you do that? So I get it a l- little bit, but only totally. in the um confines of Trader Joe's.
1: Yeah. Well, two things come to mind. One last time i had a conversation like that with my trader joe's um, cashier cashier she ended up telling me, like, all about her, like, struggles with her mom and her, like, whoa, yeah, like, her family drama. Uh, and I had a lot of groceries. Like, this was one of those days that I was, like, i yes, to get everything. Mm-hmm. Like, how can you spend $200 at Trader Joe's? Yeah. I did that day. You have to get, like, beans and peanut butter oh, yeah. and, like, spices. All the things. Yeah. Yeah. So, and olive oil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, everything. Yeah. So, she just, like, had a good 10 minutes to be able to just wow. tell me all about her life story. And I was, like, she is very nice. But this was more information than I needed. I'm gonna shut up next time and just let
0: them do the talking like that because yeah. they will. They'll fill oh, the space. Oh yeah, they'll fill the space. Yeah, for sure. But I just want to make them happy and proud of me. So I'm like, yeah,
1: I have plans for sure. Yeah, I'm you not for just sure have plans
0: buying um, all these ice cream sandwiches to go home. Scandinavian <laughs> swimmer gummies. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. The one time that I did do a lie like that was on um, a subway in New York City, and it was it was stupid. It was it was the worst decision because it didn't have the desired impact that I wanted it to. Mm -hmm. Basically I was with my friend Mel and we were sitting together and a guy came up to us and asked what our names were. Okay. And so I was like, okay, well I don't want to tell him my real name. That's fine. So instead of telling him my name, I just said (laughs) Melanie, which was (laughs) my friend's name. name. (laughs) And then he was like, Oh, okay. What's your name? And then she was like, Elena. And I was like, (laughs) Oh, why did they? Are they? This is so stupid. We just switched names. <laughs> like I could have just said Sarah. Oh my God. But it's
0: hard on the spot. <laughs> I think it is like a more unique experience to women though, for like that type of thing. When like a man asks you questions that you don't want to answer. Do you have a boyfriend? What's your name? Can I yeah, have your phone number? Exactly. You but just feel very on the spot. You have to tell a white lie because you're like, I have to get out of this. But for Tom, it's like, why? You just made this. You had no reason to lie. You wanted to, to be someone else. Yeah. But like, why? Other than just to it's, feel good about it. not driven by anything yet.
1: But then he very quickly adapts to this new oh, persona yeah. that he has it. developed. So Meredith recognizes um, his name. She recognizes the, the Greenleaf name. And she's all like googly eyed over him now that she knows his background. And she asks him, well, wait, why were you looking for your luggage in the R's? Uh, because very greenleaf doesn't start with an R very, very, perceptive. Um, perceptive Meredith. And he immediately comes up with this quick, quick lie where he's like, well, my father wants me in New York. He builds boats. I'd rather sail them. So I travel under my mother's name. Uh, and then she just like accepts this as truth. And then she admits that she actually does the same. She's like, cause she also is like yeah. this heiress. Um, and she's like we're partners in disguise and then they shake hand and shake hands shake hand <laughs> and they part ways as she's going to rome and he's going somewhere near naples to an island called Mangibello, which is actually fictional in the book yeah uh, in the book it was i think it's aisha or isha yeah. isha isha or i don't know how to say it actually and isha. i remember that was like yeah. i think it's isha it was one of the islands that um i was considering when my friend and i went to barcelona and mm. then mm-hmm. Yeah, we were like thinking of other places we could go, but never have been there. So Tom arrives in Montebello. It is so beautiful. There are Italians singing on the beach, cobblestone streets, and Tom checks into his hotel room. He exhibits perfectly normal behavior by practicing Italian while using binoculars (laughs) to spy on Dickie and his girlfriend, March, who he has spotted on their sailboat on the water. So it's like he's looking through these binoculars. I feel like it's an iconic it shot. It is. It's great. Where you can just see them, and they're like perfect tan bodies, and they're just like having fun on this like super luxe boat. Mm-hmm. And Dickie's an insanely attractive tan Jude Law, and Marge is the one and only Gwyneth Paltrow looking as Gwynny as ever.
0: They look truly perfect. Like this movie couldn't have come at a better time for us to watch as I'm shopping like a maniac for oh, my perfect. Italy trip because I need inspo and I just basically want her wardrobe Marge's wardrobe oh yeah every yeah, single thing a good
1: one it's perfect yeah she's just so the wardrobe everything. stylist
0: for uh like the wardrobe department for this movie had a very specific vision for everyone's of course for of everyone's course, yeah. wardrobe and hers was like extremely extremely nice beautiful pieces no specific designer and if you asked her where she got them she'd just be like oh like a thrift store Mm. wherever like they were supposed to be kind of timeless classic like not attached to anything and I think they did such a good job with
1: that yeah and they also kind of like embody that in her character because she has that one comment about how she like spent two weeks bargaining for this like perfect ring yes. for Dickie. It's kind of like she finds the hidden gems that are like truly unique. Mm-hmm. Like and you could never um, have a brand machine. attached She'd to She spent a long oh, yeah. time
0: bargaining for their espresso machine, that sort of thing. But like there is this wealth still attached to it. Like yes. she looks very expensive,
1: but it's in pieces that aren't like branded Gucci or anything like exactly. that. Exactly. She like goes to the most like upscale like thrift stores that no one else would know about and just like mm-hmm. gets the best pieces. So shortly after this sort of spying behavior, uh, Tom fakes a chance encounter with the two of them as they're laying out at the beach. Uh, to sum up Tom's outfit, he is in <laughs> swim trunks that look like tidy whiteys, except they're neon yellow. <laughs> Why does he wear this? It's like the most like strange choice he could have ever made. Yeah, it's it's not cute. And like I guess I should also just describe Tom a little bit. Like yeah, yeah. He, so he's obviously Matt Damon, but he has like these glasses on, like these black rim glasses. He's got kind of like a flippy hair style that's like not that cute. And he's so pale. He's so pale. He had, He's covered in makeup
0: here. Oh, is he because he wasn't pale enough? Oh my god, they gosh. wanted him to look almost gray, which is yeah, what which they is had. the joke
1: that they make, yeah. yeah. So he he looks like that and he basically just like pretends to like stumble across Dickie and Marge and he's like, Oh my god, hi Dickie, remember me from Princeton? and Dickie's like, Hmm, no, <laughs> but Princeton's like a fog and so is America. So then Tom is like, Great, well, I remember you, so I guess that's all that matters. And then Dickie comments on how white Tom is and he actually says he's like almost gray looking, mm-hmm. and then Tom. Tom makes this little joke about how it's just his undercoat, it's like a primer, which makes Marge laugh. So then she invites Tom to come have lunch with them before he leaves because he told them that he was just passing through. So he's like, "Okay, maybe I'll do that sometime." So the next day or sometime after this encounter, Tom sees Dicky with a local Italian woman, who we later come to know as Silvana, on the back of like a moped. So Dicky has like this fun little moped like that he drives anything. around. Yeah, Vespa. And um, Silvana is she's got like pretty sh- short brown hair. She's cute. They're clearly having an affair. She makes a comment about how he spent the whole week with his American girl and she jokes that like I hate you, you're such a pig, but then they ride off together. So Tom has witnessed this. Anyway, a few hours later, we're at Marge's house in her garden. It's beautiful, of course. She is very annoyed with Dickie because he has just arrived hours late for lunch. He said he was sleeping all day and then, like, took the boat out or something. But he, of course, does not tell her that he was, like, having an affair uh, with this girl when he was on that rendezvous. So she forgives him and tells him that, like, oh, by the way, Tom Ripley's here. So Tom has already made his way into their lives. Um, He is having lunch with them. And, uh, he pops out from inside and he's like, yes, hi, (laughs) I'm still here. And Marge tells Dickie that Tom made her laugh so hard. He almost gave her a nosebleed and Dickie's like, is that a good thing? And then Marge and Dickie have this little flirty wrestling moment and Tom looks kind of awkward and he's like, Oh, I'm intruding. And I do, I love like Marge and Dickie's like playful banter. It annoys me that like, he's such a prick, but like they have they, a fun relationship. Have a, a like a fun, they like rapport. a funness
0: for each other. You can see why they're together.
1: Yeah. So Dickie asks if Tom can mix a martini. But before Tom can answer, Marge is like, oh, I make a fabulous martini and I'll do it. So now is alone with Tom. Uh, he basically says, everyone should have one talent. And what's yours, Tom? And Tom does not pause at all and says, forging signatures, telling lies, and impersonating practically <laughs> anybody. Which I was like, oh, holy shit. Okay. You might be, be a good at lying, but like you're also a little straightforward about your mm-hmm. really terrifying talents. Dickie thinks this is incredible though, and he's like, Oh my gosh, impersonate someone. So then Tom easily switches into character as Mr. Greenfield, as Mr. <laughs> Greenleaf, like Dickie's dad, and says, The only talent my son has is cashing my allowance. This is so creepy. It's so
0: creepy. It's really fucking creepy.
1: It's so creepy. Like imagine
0: if you didn't know someone, like you could not remember them and they just start speaking in the exact same tone voice what your dad sounds like.
1: Yeah. Like how is this
0: not a huge red flag? Like I would have been like,
1: you got to go. Like, No. This is the at first thing. it looks like Dickie's yeah. going to be like, get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. But then he was like, he loved it. Stop. This is incredible. Oh my God. How do you know my dad? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, yeah, like I met him in New York. And like, you know, he kind of makes it casual. But then Tom slips back into the whole Mr. Greenleaf character and says, Tom, I'd pay you if you would go to Italy and persuade my son to come home. I'd pay you a thousand dollars.
0: You're pretty you do a pretty good Mr. Uh, Greenfield.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This was a very ballsy move by Tom. Yeah. Revealing so quickly. And in that voice. And in that voice to Dickie. So creepy. Yeah. Uh, but Dickie seems to be more annoyed with his dad than he is like he creeped is. out by Tom. For so sure. he just basically within the first hour of meeting or like within their first real conversation, Tom admits that like, Hey, your dad paid me and I'm going to tell you in this really awkward, creepy way. Mm-hmm. So later that day, um, Tom and Dickie are talking to each other, like walking down the street. And he tells Tom that he's never going to go back to New York. And it's insane that his dad tried to hire someone to come get him under the guise of it being for his mother, because I think that's primarily what his father is saying is like, your mom is sick. you should come home. So Dickie tells Tom he might as well just take himself back to New York. And Tom is seemingly playing along like he's going to go back to New York. So this would be a very short movie. If that's <laughs> if that's what happened, if only, that's not what happens. If only So he says goodbye um, to Dickie and Marge, and as Marge reaches out to shake his hand, he conveniently lets the seam of his bag rip open, and all these jazz records fall out. So as a reminder for everyone, Dickie is obsessed with jazz, and as we saw from the blindfold activity, Tom was not, but he now is... at least more educated on jazz. So thus begins the short love story of Tom and Dickie. Dickie is overjoyed by Tom's fake love for jazz. And he tells him like, you have to stay so that I can take you out of my boat, which is called bird, which is named after something jazzy, which Tom already knows because he spied on them and on the boat. And he says like, let's go to a jazz club in Naples. So Tom's not leaving. They have a fun night at the jazz club. Dickie has another girl there who is not Marge and is also not Silvana, <laughs> sitting on his lap and flirting. Mm-hmm. And then Dickie pulls Tom up onto the stage to sing with them. And everyone's like happy and dancing on tables. And they're like really getting into the Italian culture. And it's just like a fun. It's such a fun scene. Yeah. I they're love it. Americano because they're
0: American. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now that they're besties, the next morning back on the island uh, at Dickie's house, the two men devised this scheme together to con more money from Mr. Greenleaf so that Dickie can buy... Yeah. A car and all sorts of other stuff. Uh, So they decide to mail letters from Tom saying that Dickie can likely be persuaded to come home if Tom can just stay in Italy for like a little while longer. He's like, I can, I can pressure him. I'll get him to come back. So Dickie's typing up the letter. And when Tom asks why he's typing it, he's like, oh, well, I have horrible handwriting and I can't spell, which is um, what I got from my first class education so this is definitely some foreshadowing of what's to come given that Tom just admitted to like forging signatures as his greatest talent he's obviously taking a lot of like care to be very observant of everything that Dickie's yep. doing so now Tom is settled in staying in a guest room there and he creeps down to Dickie's room while Dickie is outside lounging with Marge and Tom starts rummaging around Dickie's closet he pulls out all these like fancy shirts and ties and then he overhears Dickie asking Marge outside if she minds that Tom stays there for a little while and she's like no I like him and he's like Marge you like everybody then the creepiest thing that's happened so far happens and Tom starts to repeat these phrases over and over again to himself impersonating Marge saying no I like him and then Dickie Marge you like everybody until it's almost like an exact recording it's so creepy there's yes. like we're seeing
0: glimpses of his the the level of oh just not okayness <laughs>
1: that he's at but like he's he's oh god can I just say at this point, this is like single white male.
0: Yes, it is. It totally is. There is that's like exactly such what it is.
1: Yeah, a mirror between. Oh my god, yeah, the single white female plot and like dynamic. I, I didn't and even think of that. Oh my it gosh. Is. And you'll just feel like now that you're yeah, thinking not, of not, it, not, of it's course. never going to stop.
0: Of course, I can't believe I didn't think that. Yeah,
1: but and then I was thinking about like how these were both based on books, but the interesting thing is that even though Single White Female, the movie came out like well before Talented Mr. Ripley in the 90s, the book Talented Mr. Ripley came out well before yeah, Single White Female. So, or But yeah, they have a lot of similarities. They absolutely do. So just kind of fast forwarding a little bit, Tom is getting to know both Marge and Dickie better. He's having like various conversations and hangouts with them individually and together at the house, on the sailboat, at jazz clubs. Uh, primarily what you need to know as the audience is that Italy is beautiful. Marge and Dickie are kind of sweet and playful with each other all the time, even though Dickie is actively cheating on her. And Tom is often lying through his teeth to sound more interesting, like about how he's engaged to be married to that girl Fran. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that he can like also make it sound like he's in a relationship. But there's trouble in paradise with Silvana. So again, Silvana's the girl that Dickie's having the affair with. Tom and Marge are chatting about how. Marge and Dickie first met um, as they're kind of walking down the street to buy groceries and Silvana is selling them groceries and she's giving like these dagger eyes to Marge so that she, or because she of course like knows that like this is the woman that is sleeping with the guy that I like and she doesn't know about me. So Marge is, like, talking about how Dickie won her over. Apparently, he got her to move to Italy with him one day after meeting her, which is insane. (laughs) Yeah. And then later on that day, we see Silvana ask Dickie if he can talk. Like, she seems upset. And she says something about needing his help. And he kind of just, like, playfully ignores her and rides off on his moped with Tom clinging. And Tom's clinging to his back a little too hard. And Dickie's like, you're breaking my ribs. Get off me. So Tom's, like, starting to get, like, really clingy to... Right away. To Dickie. And yeah, we don't know what's going on with Sylvana there, but obviously something was going on. So now's like a time to talk about the sexual tension that's beginning to grow between <laughs> Tom it's and Dickie. <laughs> it's, we're about to be there. Okay. It's So it's becoming more present and obvious. Tom is, I think, very clearly gay, and Dickie seems to be at least somewhat curious based on some of these interactions that they have. So mm-hmm. there's this scene at Dickie's house one night where... Tom is analyzing Dickie's handwriting on a postcard, almost like he's reading an astrology chart or like a tarot card. And he tells Dickie that he sees pain and vanity in his writing, which I was like, is this a thing where you can like analyze someone's handwriting and be like, I see your soul. Like, is or is this just Tom? Okay. I don't know. Uh, And Dickie's like, yeah, sounds right. And then Tom takes off his glasses and Dickie has this moment of like, clocking that Tom's actually pretty good looking
0: mm-hmm. and it's like, like Laney yes oh my god he's like he
1: takes off the glasses oh my god you're actually he's like you're not ugly. you're hot yeah yeah but it's he just like he like specifically says you're not ugly Clark Kent moment and
0: like literally they say them Clark Kent yeah
1: yeah so like he tells him that he's good looking with his glasses off and then he tried Dickie tries on Tom's glasses and asks how he looks and Tom's like you look like Clark Kent and then Superman when he takes them off so they're having like kind of like a little bit of a yeah a flirty moment And then Dickie randomly has Tom, like, sitting by him in the bathroom next to keep him, like, to keep him company while he's in the bath. And there's this steamy moment where Tom is like, I'm cold. Can I get in the tub with you?
0: It's actually so gross. They're like, oh, neither of us had siblings, so we've never shared a bath with anyone. Oh, I
1: forgot about that part. I didn't write that down. And then he touches the
0: water, and then he's like, oh, I'm cold. Can I get in? It's weird because they oh my
1: gosh, I just realized this throughout the movie. The they, brothers thing. The siblings. They go back and forth between this idea of like being Them siblings. Being then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it like becomes lovers. romantic and yeah. sexual. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, steamy, which then turns into not steamy. <laughs> um, and at first Dickie looks like he might consider it when Tom's like, can I get in? But then he's like, no, mm-hmm. you can't. But he says it in such a... He says it in like a very like kind of sex kid way. way. yeah. Yeah, which I'm like. I mean, I think if you he, said that to me. I'd be like, I'm getting in. <laughs> like, I think he enjoys the <laughs> adoration. Oh yes, he loves being fawned over. Tiki is just like. So
0: it doesn't such matter if it's coming from for him. He's like, you know, if it's you, if it's some Italian woman, if you love me, yeah, and you're like fawning over me, I'm good with it.
1: Yeah, I'm into it. So Tom tries to save face after Ticky is like, no. And so he's like, well, oh, I didn't mean like with you still in it. Of course not. No. And then Dickie's like, okay, well, okay, that's fine. So then he jumps out of the bath to let Tom in. And then as he walks away, Tom looks at his bare ass. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Jute Law. So like, he's, yeah, he's got a good butt. He does. And then Dickie like sees him and like kind of like, I think he like playfully snaps a towel at him or something. He, he catches him spike. but it's like playful. I, I honestly love this dynamic I know that
0: it gets much more toxic much more deadly later yes and so I don't love that but I love a movie that allows men to like appreciate each other and appreciate like male beauty because because usually it's women that can do that yeah like I am both of us I think are are, we're always appreciative of women's beauty like we talk about it much more than we talk about men Mm -hmm. and like so true (laughs) it's it's something that is like innate to women but for men it's like Oh, that's gay. Like exactly. That's, if it, even if it's not, like it's not, you can appreciate another good looking man. Obviously here with with Tom, it's it's, it's so different. It's in, like suppressed sexual desire. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, also yeah. in
1: the 1950s, like oh we my have gosh, to consider absolutely. the time as yeah. well. And there's
0: some comments later on that like mm-hmm. definitely make that clear. I will say that the, the um, novel Patricia Highsmith says that she never, she actually later in books, he marries a woman. But oh. uh, she did intentionally kind of have him just like appreciate men and ma- and leave it kind of like open. Okay, but she very clearly says like, no, he's not gay. He marries a woman, but he is appreciative of the beauty
1: of men. Wait, who is appreciative? Tom. Tom. Tom is way more than appreciative of the I beauty know. of men. It, I know, but I guess maybe in the maybe okay. in the books it's a little less. Okay, so maybe, so maybe it's the more single stuff. white
0: female, less
1: yeah, less like actual, actual relationship with yeah. Yeah, because we never really knew like whether Hetty was actually. Yeah, I mean it was more just like and yeah. So I don't know, but okay. I mean
0: I th- I think that that is a really interesting when you're so obsessed with someone, mm-hmm. it's like you are obsessed with them. It doesn't maybe it doesn't matter so much if they are
1: a man or a woman. It's exactly, like you just yeah, you yeah love it's just that person you are obsessed with that person and you want to get as close to them as possible. Mm-hmm. Whether it's as a brother he's willing to take a lover, whatever he like he's get. like give me anything i just want to be, like, be close to you, on you in you whatever yeah, i, <laughs> I want to <know>. be you <laughs> like, yeah
0: i want to be you exactly there's a, a when he was looking through the binoculars and he's like he says like there's my face when he oh was, yeah when He's looking at Jude Law's there's face, my, yeah, because he's which practicing pac- in Italian, uh huh, which I thought was such a creepy yeah. There's your fiance, there's my fiance, there's
1: your face, there's my face, yes. and there's definitely some mirrors and window action, just like there single are a single white, white female. female, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. All right,
0: we got off topic, but yeah, they, were, they just got out of the bath. This was important,
1: so yeah, they're out of the bath anyway. Okay, so moving on, they are all on an excursion to Rome. Uh, this is kind of what happens next, and this is where we meet. Freddie Miles, which is Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, my God. Do we meet him? We meet him. He is, like I said, um, different looking than we've ever seen him before. He is like, he's just like a wealthy, good friend of Dickie's. Um, From the get-go, he really seems to hate Ripley. Like, he has this immediate, like male. Well, I think everybody loves Dickie. Everybody like, is obsessed with
0: Dicky. You're even, not his best friend. I'm his best friend. Get yeah, out of here. Like, get the like, fuck like out we of have here. this rapport. You don't have this rapport. Who are you?
1: Yeah. So he's very much like almost like being, he's, he's bullying yeah. as well. Like he, he is Tom's already like, can be awkward, but I feel like he gets even more socially awkward when put into this oh position of so being like awkward. it's so like I felt like the like secondary I, know. I had like my hands embarrassment. Over my eyes. I
0: was like Tom, please, why oh are you my saying gosh. the weirdest thing? <laughs>
1: like being so weird. So like Fred's picking on Tom for writing like writing on Dickie's coattails and income and like following him around like a puppy and he makes a lot of little little jokes. I think Tom is saying Hey, like Dickie, don't you you told me that you wanted to catch that train tonight at like eight PM? It's almost like he's being like a mom where mm-hmm. he's like trying to find any relevance he can to still be like really you need me. Yeah, like I'm yeah, involved. you need me. Like you told me to remind you about this train and Freddie is just like <laughs> oh my god like basically like you're a loser get mm-hmm. out of here like that's like but kind of a the... very losery moment but it is because
0: he interrupts them when they're like listening to music yeah so they're listening dickie to music has to and like he's like hey off. he's like okay yeah mom yeah well, so they did he's have, just they like fueling like it plans he feels very slighted because mm-hmm. on the train ride dickie and tom were like talking about dickie was gonna get him a suit and like they were gonna go all around rome and he'd show him rome and yep they'd have this wonderful day together and then Freddie shows up and completely ruins it. And Tom's still trying to like grab back some of that. Like, yeah, exactly. If, he says like, what about the
1: suit? Which is so pathetic. And oh, I know.
0: Like, oh God, you're not getting the suit buddy.
1: I know. And then like, it's like things just keep piling up and happening where Tom they're so big for
0: further. Tom and yeah. they're like minuscule, meaningless for Dickie. Cause he's just living life and yeah.
1: he's just one of those people that's like, Oh, we'll do this and we'll do this. And mm-hmm. Oh my God, we'll go here and we'll go here. And you get so wrapped up in like, their vision and they like make you feel so special. And Gwyneth Paltrow actually has a great line about this. Yes. Um, so anyway, okay. Okay. So the, there's this one night when Freddie and Dickie have ditched Tom, I think it's that same night. And Tom is like at the house depressed and he decides to cheer himself up by listening to records in Dickie's room and wearing like parading oh, no. around in Dickie's clothes. Oh no! So he's like, this is so horrible to watch. He's dancing in front of the mirror. He's like got the records on. He's like, so, you know, imagine yourself home in your room, like yeah. using like and your hairbrush as a nicer stuff than you. And exactly. they
0: told you to try on all their stuff and take their
1: clothes. So you are. So you literally are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like. The scene in single white female when she comes in and she, but it was got the earrings not nearly as creepy oh, as this. Oh my god! Yeah. So Dicky of course comes home of course at this exact moment mm-hmm. and catches Tom parading around in his clothes like half dressed and he freaks out. Tom tries to tell him like I was just amusing myself, which is so awkward, <laughs> fucking Tom. And it doesn't go over well. And Dicky's like, I wish you'd get out of my clothes. <laughs> like he is so turned off. Like what he, the fuck? Yeah, he's disillusioned. So Tom quickly starts to undress because Dickie's like, get out of my clothes. And Dickie's like, oh, my God, not in front of me, dude. Get out of here. Go into your own room. So their, like, moment of, like, getting yes. dressed in front of each other is gone. Is gone. Yes. he's And Tom was th- like, but you were, like, in the bath and you showed me your naked <laughs> ass. And it was beautiful. And now you won't even let me, like get out of your
0: clothes did you think freddie probably like during that time was like yo dude your friend tom's a fucking weirdo oh and my then gosh yeah dicky came home and was like oh yeah he is weird
1: exactly i feel like he just further reinforced it through mm-hmm. like tom's and then it gets worse on the boat when Tom. <laughs> oh my god okay so dicky seems to like at least initially get over that little encounter or he's pretending it didn't happen the next morning um, and he's trying to act somewhat normal. And I think Tom had told him the night before, please don't tell anyone because he yeah, like doesn't so want Freddie to know. Yeah. Um. And the next day they all go out on a boat together. So it's the whole happy family. It's Dickie, Freddie, Tom, and Marge. And Freddie and Dickie are like playing in the water uh, and they're having a lot of male bonding. Mm-hmm. Um, but like almost like... It's playful. Like, it's kind of flirty. Like, it's, yeah. it's almost like Dickie, just whoever he's around. He's touchy-feely. Yeah, everyone he's... just, like, wants to be in his presence. So Marge kind of sees Tom, like, sitting by himself on the other side of the boat, like, looking back at them and, like, reading his book sullenly. And he's, like, obviously l- lusting over Dickie. And she's, like, takes, p- takes pity on him. And she says, the thing with Dickie, it's like the sun shines on you and it's glorious. But then he forgets you and it's very, very cold. I love that line. Which I just... It's perfect. I love it. And I think anyone can understand like an element of what that feels like from someone before. Absolutely. And Tom is like, oh, so I'm learning. And this is where Marge accidentally tells Tom, because she assumes that he's already learned from Dickie, Mm -hmm. that the ski trip that... Um, Dickie had promised him that they were going to go do together in the winter, that he's, like, uninviting him because Tom doesn't know how to ski, and he would just, like, hold them back, and they wouldn't be able to stay at the same place. And Tom is crushed. He really is. To learn this. So crushed. Yeah. So they're all back in the boat a little bit later, and Marge and Dickie go down into, I don't even know what you call it, but, like, like a cabin. Boat. Yeah, the little cabin underneath. Um, And they forget to, like, close the trap door or whatever at the top, so it's just... Uh, Freddie and Tom on the top of the boat and Tom is like peeking down at Dickie and Marge having sex he's like mesmerized he's watching their legs like intertwined in the mirror and he's just like can't pull him he can't pull his gaze away mm-hmm. does not even realize that like while he's in his trance Freddie's watching him until Freddie's like Tommy how's the peeping <laughs> <I thought laughs> and he's just like Tommy 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 Tommy, Tommy. Tommy. And I was like oh, how's the peeping and Tom doesn't try to like make nope. shit up. He just is like, does nothing. He's yeah. just embarrassed, He's despondent. He's embarrassed. He's
0: depressed. That yeah. is like the guy he loves is, and he loves March too. He's definitely like in oh, a yeah. love affair
1: with both of them. Yeah, I guess I haven't mentioned that yet. It comes up a bit later, but like. He also loves Marge. Mm-hmm. Um, just he's a just different like, type of he's relationship. He's obsessed with
0: both of them. He's obsessed. With he their wants lives. their
1: lives. He wants to just be with them and yeah. be them. And yeah. And
0: Marge is in a great pink bikini and mm-hmm. then a green sweater over her shoulders. She just has the best clothes.
1: Thank you. Please feel free to continue to think point out it. outfits because
0: I love that one.
1: Yeah, she looked really cute. So things start to take a little bit of a dramatic turn when they arrive back at the island and they realize, like as they dock the boat, that a woman has drowned herself in the water by the shore where there's this like ceremony, like traditional ceremony, like taking ceremony taking place. Ceremony exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like a statue being dragged into the water. And then all of a sudden you see the back of a, a, real human woman and her head is like, you can see it floating near the surface of the water. And Dickie is horrified because he recognizes it is his lover, Silvana. Yep. So the music intensifies. People nearby are like screaming and wailing and like trying to rescue her even though she's clearly lifeless and Dickie keeps shouting like he is so upset and you can just see like, he looks just heartbroken and he's like, get an ambulance. Why aren't they getting an ambulance? And he's just visibly forlorn. It's very sad. Marge is confused by his reaction a little bit. Cause she's like, Oh, it, it is sad. But like, but like he kicks a, yeah, a flower pot. Exactly. Over. Like it's not, why yeah, he, he kicks the so
0: flower angry? pot. He's like, This country is uncivilized. Yeah, like, and then she's like, What? An ambulance? He, she was
1: dead. Yeah. Like, she was like, Dickie, I'm pretty sure he, she was already dead. Like, who, and who cares? Like she's like, a random
0: woman. It exactly. should be a random
1: woman to you, but he's like very upset. Yeah. And she's not like recognizing, of course, the woman that she interacted with at the grocery store or whatever. Mm-hmm. So Tom confronts Dickie later that night, as Dickie's like staring sadly out the window, looking at the water. Tom's like, hey I know about Silvana and I know why you're so upset so Dickie's like okay well did you know she was pregnant I don't know why he tells him she came to me asking for financial help and I turned her down. Now she's dead and it's my fault. So I guess he tells him because he's like, so he's guilty. He yeah. He doesn't. Guilty. And probably cause he knows he's never going to tell Marge. So he like has no one to sort of share that with. And since Tom, it's probably why Tom's bringing it up because Tom's like wanting to get at him with something that like is just mm-hmm. his. And Tom also recognizes that it's an opportunity to kind of get back into Dickie's good graces. So he tells Dickie, I'm willing to take the blame if needed. Why does he do this? He does it immediately. He's such a I'll weird. take the blame. He's
0: like, okay, yeah, I'm on it. You're the brother I never had. I You're the brother you. I've never had. <laughs> like, <laughs> stop. You've done so
1: much for me already. You're about to take the blame for murder? Seriously. What? Right? And also, Dicky. like... This is had another like- impulsive thing where he's just like, oh my God, I need... I'll take the blame. Anything you want me to do, I'll do for you. Uh-huh. And Dickie, because he's so freaking vain, is just like... Like he's just being like a little sassy queen.
0: He does. He does not. <laughs> he does not say what you would say, which is like, are you fucking kidding? Yeah, me? Yeah, like get
1: out of here. Like I'm a horrible person. Yeah. No. It seems like like so Tom says, hey, your secret is safe with me, and I won't tell Marge or anyone. Yeah, he's excited they have a secret. Yeah, and then Dickie is like, mm-hmm, okay. So it seems to soften him a little bit, and maybe he's like at least temporarily earned tom another I mean, yeah. few days with him he loves
0: the again he, he just loves, loves loyalty and attention mm-hmm. and affection and like obsession
1: with he him. wants to be a god like he, he wants to be worshipped mm-hmm. and he knows that tom worships him yep so finally mr greenleaf is very disillusioned by tom being in italy and he sends a letter saying he's just going to stop payment because clearly he's not bringing dickie back so tom is like joking with dickie as they're walking and he's like, okay, well, you should just write your dad another letter. And, you know, now that we're brothers, he brings that up like now that we're brothers. And it's like, because you said yesterday that you're like the brother he never had. And Dickie's like, no, dude, how can I do that in good faith at this point? Like we've had a good run, but my dad's right. You can't just stay here. So Dickie's kind of starting to lay down the law. He, he doesn't want him there anymore. Tom is so crushed he's the saddest he's ever been even sadder than when he was uninvited on the ski trip (laughs) so Dickie ends up offering him one small final gift he's like okay why don't you come with me to this jazz festival in San Remo or San Remo tonight which he says it's where he's going to be like potentially doing some house hunting because he's thinking about moving up north so he's like we can take the train we can watch the show do some boating and then we can part ways it'll be like we're getting to say goodbye in style yeah so Tom's semi-pacified by this idea and he accepts it and they go off together have i missed anything important no okay you got it all okay Mm -hmm. so on the train ride there tom watches dickie sleep totally normal this is it's horrible he smells him he smells him yes he lays his head on him
0: (laughs) and then like the train guy comes around and knocks because he like thinks that they're like yeah nuzzling
1: yeah and he's like
0: yeah he but oh why is he it's the creepiest it's he's so creepy so intently. he takes off his
1: glasses right and his eyes are like
0: he's taking him all in he like wants an un oh my he God. just wants to stare at him yeah he like wants to rip his skin
1: off that's what I feel like in this moment like I he will, wants to like, like be, have you ever
0: seen a beautiful person that like you only get a glimpse of and then you do just want to be like okay can I just a can I just like stare can at you? I move
1: you back here or put like, you
0: yeah <laughs> I need to look at your face and how it's like coming together like what is going on there
1: yeah but you can't do that. <laughs> you can't. You really can't, you can't do it. No, I will say Matt Damon's eyes are so creepy here because like I he know. has piercing blue eyes and mm-hmm. they they they're obviously attractive, but like they look like he could be like a Siamese cat. Yeah, <laughs> they're Siamese cat eyes for sure. <laughs> and he's studying his face, just like, and then he starts looking at his own face and the reflection of the window. So mm-hmm. this is kind of like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: hey, I'm looking at myself. I'm looking at Dickie. I wish we were the same person. I wish everything. Yep. Uh, and it's very single white female-y so and then Dickie wakes up and kind of catches him for a second looking at him but he says something that I don't quite get he's like
0: either why do you do that he's like why do you do that thing with your neck like when we're on trains why do you do that spooky yes spooky spooky which I'm like are you saying why does he turn to look at you I know I don't know what he means
1: yeah so I I don't know but he doesn't seem to be put off as much as any normal person would be about someone staring at you this intently yeah I
0: felt the same I didn't know what it meant
1: so later that night they're at the show, they're out on this like beautiful terrace and Dicky is like in a very particularly like good, drunk, flirty kind of mood almost and he's questioning Tom about whether he actually ever went went to Princeton or liked jazz. And in a moment of truth, Tom confesses and says, "No." <laughs> and Dicky is weirdly elated that he guessed right. He said he had a bet going with Marge. So it sounds like like Dickie and Marge had this bet about whether or not yeah. Dickie went to Princeton and he was like, and all obviously you also pretend to like jazz for me. And Tom was like, okay, but then I learned to love jazz and Dickie like, oh, I knew it. So Tom then tries to confess his like undying admiration for Dickie. Like he tries to go into this speech saying that this whole experience has just been one great love affair, but Dickie is too distracted by a drum solo uh, to hear Tom. Instead he replies with a very ADD style retort <laughs> and says, do you think I should quit the sacks and take up the drums? This guy. Oh my God. So we're at the infamous scene. Okay. They're at sea yep. on a motorboat. The two men, Tom suggests to Dickie and it's like beautiful day. Sun is shining. Water is like perfectly turquoise. And um, Tom suggests that he should come back to Italy the following year and live with Dickie, even though Dickie was like, this is our last hurrah, dude. Mm -hmm. And Dickie kind of like scoffs it off and informs him, no, I'm planning to marry Marge. And this enrages Tom. Like he is pissed. And I'm paraphrasing here, but he's like, what? That's absurd. You cheat on her constantly. Dickie tells him, well, I love Marge. And Tom's like, so what? You love me, but you're not going to marry me. And I was like, "Why did he say oh, that? Tom, I know awkward, hopeful laughter. Yeah. like he's just like, "Oh, wait, you're not gonna marry me, right? <laughs> and Dicky oh, yeah. is so honest here. He's like, "I do not love you, and I'm actually kind of sick of you and ready for you to leave. You're quite boring, so boring, which like, this <gasps> is so brutal, but like so well done. Like, yeah, it's- just like, you're really boring, and I'm like, so bored of you right now, uh, yeah,
0: oh God. Oh my God, this is horrible. Dickie is consi- like just, can, he's saying
1: boring, 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 just like the Tommy, Tommy, Tommy of when like you're like Freddie. having a fight with like yeah. taunting a sibling when you're young. Oh my young, gosh, which exactly like, like, like that. Siblings. But when you're like, boring,
0: boring, boring. He's telling him, first he says, like, you can be a leech. Yes, you uh, can be a leech. You know, you seen can enough- be a leech. Yeah, yeah. And, he- and he is, like, honestly, he has been, yeah, not he's been using his dad's money. He's been living off of Dickie trying on his clothes. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's like, we need some time apart. And so to be like, I love you. Why are you marrying Marge is so out of bounds. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's absolutely insane. But then
0: Dickie reacting that way being like boring, boring. Yeah. That's also very
1: annoying. Yeah. Um, and so then Tom gives a speech and he's like, Because he's very upset now, obviously. And he's like, at least I'm not pretending to be someone else. Like, you are. I've told you my feelings. I know there's something here. And then he gives this, like, I'm just going to read from the dialogue because it's really good. He goes... And then you went and did this sordid thing with Marge, fucking her on the boat while we all have to listen, which was excruciating, frankly. And now you're getting married? I'm bewildered. Forgive me. You're lying to Marge, knocking up Sylvana. You've got to play the sax. You've got to play the drums. Which is it, Dickie? What do you really play? Which is... Such a great little innuendo. What do you, with, you really like, play? Yeah, what do you mm-hmm. really play? It is. The last insinuation is enough to get Dickie to lunge at Tom. He's like, of course, how dare you, like, announce my sexual repression or possible, mm-hmm. like, interest in men. I don't know. And they get into this all-out brawl on this tiny little boat, and it is so intense and suspenseful. Oh, my God. Tom then, like, as he's defending himself, ends up hitting Dicky with an oar and like bludgeoning him so hard that the blood starts running down the side of his jude law's beautiful face and this is so realistic so realistic it's kind of like the um it's the, yes.
0: the snow the globe, globe in unfaithful like head wounds just bleed so much and
1: it's just dripping and, and he
0: has it like over his eye and yeah. then like on the top of his head kind of and yeah he's so disoriented but he's like it's like immediately blood in his eye. It, oh, God. It's, it's it's so bloody.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's kind of like also <laughs> totally unrelated, but in Stranger Things when Eleven in season four. Oh yeah. It's kind of the same. Like, whenever you get hit in the head, I guess I've never seen this happen in real life, but in movies I and TV shows, it looks insane. So... He's in shock at first, Dickie is, um, and of course, like, I can't imagine the pain of what he just experienced, Mm -hmm. but he still is so angry that he, like, continues to fight with Tom, and Tom's like, stop, 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 and as he's yelling stop, he's hitting him repeatedly with the oar.
0: He's beating him to death He beat
1: him to death with the oar, Uh, so we kind of start to pan out from the boat, and then we realize he stops. He stops, like, hitting him with the oar, and that's when we realize that Dickie is dead. So, Oh my god, this scene Dickie's is so dead. intense.
0: I was truly like covering my eyes and like wincing.
1: I know. I was trying to remember because... So I've seen this before. We've obviously both seen this before, but I couldn't remember how purposeful the scene was. Like yeah, if it was how, an accident or if you yeah. really did. And th- then I realized like when watching it again that it's definitely not like... I it wasn't. this is... I mean like they're truly both fighting each other. Like yeah. Dickie was strangling... tom Tom, so tom was like defending himself but then obviously he got carried away at the end Mm -hmm. but still it wasn't like a planned thing started with the physical violence first as well he slapped he went to go punch tom
0: but then instead he slapped him he open hand slapped him a bunch of times Mm -hmm. and tom was getting like truly slapped around so he grabbed the aura self-defense definitely did not intend to like kill him but but did how else was it i mean honestly it could have ended they could have just fought Dickie fights with people. But then
1: I was also thinking like, because when Tom realizes that he's like bludgeoned him, that first really bad hit, he's like, oh my God, we have to get you to a hospital. Like yeah. he's truly concerned about him. And mm-hmm. it's like, but I'm also wondering, w- dude, Dickie would have like flipped out if they, yeah, if he'd his, lived, his face was fucked. Like it was, I mean, Tom would have either had to just realize he was going to be like, banished and never see this guy again which should have been fine yeah which should have been fine but like for him I don't know I know because now he's obsessed with him so okay okay so great end to the scene Tom cuddles with Dickie's dead bloody body (laughs) I know he does he like cuddles with him for hours until it's like dark out his
0: arm over him he put he plays his dead
1: body arm over him what what the fuck Tom this is this is unhealthy You (laughs) you you need to get a therapist this is unhealthy. This is very unhealthy. So <laughs> that's an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> this is it an unhealthy is. attachment. <laughs> it
0: definitely is.
1: So um after that, he tries to conceal a murder by leaving Dickie on the boat and then weighing down the boat with rocks so that it will sink. Mm-hmm. And then he just swims to shore. So this is where I'm gonna get a bit more high-level high level okay. details. Okay. <laughs> So back at the hotel in San Remo where they were staying, the concierge mistakes Tom Ripley for Dickie. So (sighs) Ripley has this big realization that like, hey, I could totally steal Dickie's identity. Now that I've murdered him, up for grabs. Yeah, of course. Up for grabs. Um, After all, he's been practicing it Mm -hmm. this whole time. Mm -hmm. So he starts dressing in Dickie's clothes, ditching the glasses, even changing his hair to look more like Dickie. He starts forging his signatures, altering his passport, and even using Dickie's trust fund. So... He is full-on Dicky. The thing is, he doesn't just become Dicky. He also maintains his own identity when it's fitting and, yep. like, switches back and forth between the two characters so that he can create the narrative that both men are alive. So he writes a letter to Marge, because, of course, he has to do something about Marge. Like, what are you going to tell her? Uh, so he uses Dickie's typewriter in order to write the letter and convince, um, convince Marge that, like, he's potentially leaving her. So he goes to see Marge to deliver the letter. He shows up in her garden unannounced, all creepy, and she's like, "Hey, where is Dickie? And he tells her and I th- god, it's so sad cuz she's just so innocent. She knows nothing. Mm-hmm. And just like her confused face just was so like I know. I just she's wanted to hug actress. her. Yeah. She's- she does such a good job with like her emotions throughout like the roller coaster that is the rest of the movie. Um So he tells her that Dickie said he was going to Rome for a few days and he's like, you know, I don't really know like what he's up to. He uninvited me from that ski trip. So like, who knows? And he says that Dickie asked him to deliver this perfume to Marge and also pack up some of his clothes and a saxophone. Marge is really alarmed by this because she's like, if he's only gone for a few days, why is he like dropping off this perfume for me and why does he want the sex and later that night she discovers that quote-unquote dickie hit a letter in the box of the perfume that said he's thinking of moving to rome and has like basically has to do some soul searching so she ends up confiding in tom with like tears in her eyes she is so upset it's heartbreaking that she feels like she must have scared dickie away when she pressured him to marry her the night before uh he left and now she like Wants to go confront him, but she knows that she shouldn't because Dickie hates confrontation. And Tom was like, "Mm -hmm, he absolutely hates it. It turns out I had to murder him (laughs) the last time I confronted him. (laughs) So he for sure hates it. You're right about that? Yeah. So yes, very sad scene. But we can see that Tom is like planting all of these seeds. Mm -hmm. What's he going to be up to next? So. Back in Rome, Tom checks into two separate hotel rooms under the respective names of Tom Ripley and Dickie Greenleaf, and he passes messages back and forth between hotel staff members as each character to make it appear that he and Dickie are, like, regularly conversing and that Dickie is still alive. So, like, he'll call up the staff at the other hotel and get into character and be like, is Mrs... Oh, my God, did I say this... (laughs) I said, is Mr. Greenwell in? No, no you didn't. <laughs> I did. You got a third name. <laughs> Greenfield, Greenleaf, and Greenwell. That's one too far, I have to say. <laughs> you were in like the flora and fauna fields, but <laughs> Mr. Greenwell.
0: <laughs> now you've moved on to like water. <laughs>
1: Oh, this is killing like, me. Okay, he's like, is Mister Greenleaf in? Oh, I missed him. Oh, okay, just tell him I'm returning his calls. Like he's being an absolute <laughs> psycho. It's smart, but it's it's crazy. smart but crazy. Um, so then one day the situation gets a bit trickier. The lovely Meredith, Kate Blanchett, who we met earlier on in Europe, reappears in Rome, uh, and of course, still thinks that Tom is Dicky because remember he randomly lied to her about who he was. Uh, She, like, raps on the glass as Tom is playing the part of Dickie buying, like, an expensive bag at a leather goods store. And she's like, oh, my gosh, Dickie. And they go for a walk together. They're basically talking about the drama that occurred with with Marge because she heard from Freddie, who she doesn't know super well, but she knows, like, she had one or two conversations with him. She heard that uh, Dickie was a rat and that, like, maybe that he was having an affair or playing around, like, on Marge. So uh, Tom slash Dickie, I don't know what to call him, but like Tom, who's playing Dickie at this point is like, well, I ended things with Marge and um, now I'm alone and I'm just a rat in Rome. And Meredith is just like so endeared to him all the time, which is kind of hilarious because she thinks that they have this like great connection because they're both rich and she has this line that's oh yeah really good. She says... The truth is, if you've had money your entire life, even if you despise it, which we do, agreed, Mm. you're only truly comfortable around other people who have it and also despise it. So they're kind of becoming like better friends and um, they do a shopping spree. They do a shopping spree together. Who doesn't love a shopping spree? And Meredith ends up asking Ripley if he would maybe be okay to be dragged to the opera and she's like, I know, like she's assuming he doesn't like because he likes jazz. She, he likes and jazz, like and she thinks that he he's likes dicky. jazz, yeah. Exactly, um, but of course, the real Tom fucking loves the opera, mm-hmm. and he was like, I could let you drag me there. Yeah. So true. they go to the opera. They're with her aunt. Yeah. And they're having like a grand old time. Although he is, he's crying, crying. He's so emotional uh, because he sees like an an exact replica of what he had done t- earlier in yeah. the week to Dickie. Cause there's like a man bleeding out with like blood covering the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so at intermission they go out and they're kind of like mingling and they split up. And what ends up happening is that we see Marge. Oh,
0: fuck, it's so she stressful. just comes it's out of so It's fucking so stressful. stressful. She looks
1: gorgeous, but she looks amazing. And she's with I hate to see her there. She's with a friend named Peter. Yep. Love Peter. Love Peter. And she sees Tom as he's turning around. And she doesn't recognize him right away because he looks so different he to doesn't her. doesn't have his glasses on. He doesn't he's have glasses. in the a beautiful glasses. suit. He looks incredible. He's in his Dicky character. He's he's Dicky, right? So she's like, Tom? And then he turns around and he's like, oh, Marge. Fucking and then she's like, oh, my gosh. I've like never seen you without your glasses. And then he's like, oh, I just put them. And then he like puts them on. And then I was so scared I know. that uh, Meredith was going to come around and be like, Hey, Dickie, like you just have happened right there. It could have. And then that would have been the end, but it doesn't. And she never sees them Marge talking. Is like Marge super is super so disturbed. Confused. She's like,
0: she just has kind of her eyebrows knitted the whole time. Mm-hmm. She's in this beautiful dark blue, deep blue gown that matches her eyes. Exactly. She looks so stunning, but so confused. Cause she's like, wait, why are you still here? Why are you in Rome? Yeah. Like you said you were going
1: back. Are like, you with Dickie? Like Dickie's here? Is Dickie here? And he's she's gotta like, be here. Dicky's here. Dickie's definitely here. And he's like, You know that he would never come Dickie, to Yeah. Like she repeats a joke about like how he would never come to the opera. Wild horses. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't yeah, drag, him, couldn't to the drag opera. him to the opera. And then she kind of is like slightly satisfied by that, but still so yeah. weird. And she can't, she's like speechless. So then they it's talk. so strange. Like she's seeing him. It's like seeing a
0: teacher outside of school. Like you're like, what are you doing here? Like this yeah. is just the oddest. Experience and so, Tom's
1: being very much like, Well, I've got to go, but yeah. um, we should. we should, Do you want to have breakfast tomorrow? Yeah, do you, you want to meet up tomorrow? 10 15, yeah. We want to at this place
0: outside the Palacio, blah blah yeah. blah. Some th- Italian word, and then he manages to sneak back to Meredith,
1: yes, just in time and, and convinced her her that as they, they like should. Garge walks away with Peter and they miss each other, yep, they just miss each other. And he convinces her to leave, yes. He's like, Do you want to get out of here? Do you want to go ride on a, yeah. whatever those are? Like One like, of the horse, the horse, and yeah. So, um, when they're on that, I don't, I want to call it like a horse and buggy, but I know it's like a carriage. I don't know. Yeah. When they're on that carriage, this is like, he, he knew, I think he knows obviously that Meredith is into him as Mm -hmm. Dickie. And so he knew he could convince her to like leave the opera early. And while they're riding together, he makes up this sort of story about like, Hey, like I still love Marge, but like. I don't know what to do. I, I I really like you too, but I feel like I have to like say goodbye. And basically he's just sort of revealing all of these feelings that he's had for Marge. And he's trying to find a way to separate from Meredith because obviously this she's going to blow his cover. Yeah. He's like, I got to go back. I got to go back to Marge. Yeah. And so she was like, okay, well, like I totally understand. But like you should never have to say goodbye at night. Can we say goodbye during the day? Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, sure. Like how about – Ten fifteen tomorrow, and he says fifteen minutes prior to yeah. his meeting time, uh-huh. which I'm like, "What are Why you doing?" Did, I know same. I was like, "What the fuck are you do? You forget? Did you forget?"
0: He doesn't forget. What is he doing?
1: Yeah, it was. It's just bizarre. Like he is putting himself in peril constantly. But and but it was very smart. So smart because it went, of course, according to plan, exactly as he wanted. So the next day he arrives there. Uh, Or he, he arrives there and he's just like, he's like in this little spot where he can see what's going on. He has like a good vantage point, but Mm -hmm. they can't see him. So it's Peter and Marge and Marge is like distressed as ever. Just like waiting. And then Kate slash Meredith goes to sit down and then she recognizes Marge slash Gwyneth Paltrow. And she's like, Oh my gosh, you're Marge. Right. And, I guess it was just Tom's plan to have them see each other and just happen to have this conversation because he just knows that... Like, how did he know it would go exactly this way? I mean, he couldn't. And, I mean, he knows that Meredith is, like, a good-hearted, like... Yeah. But also very open-book type person. So I think he probably assumed that, like, if they sat close enough to each other, she would just... Like, open up. But that was just so convenient. So lucky. So uh, she ends up telling... Marge that she was at the opera last night with Dickie Mm -hmm. and Marge is like I knew it what oh my gosh I knew it and Meredith is basically like look he loves you he doesn't love me he told him or he told me himself last night he's probably on his way back to you right now like he was supposed to say goodbye to me but he ditched me I've been waiting here like I've been he's, waiting. He's just coming back to you. Like, yeah, don't worry. I didn't. I didn't mean to do anything. And she's so awkward. Yeah. So Marge and Peter are like, "Oh, it's we're meeting a friend, Tom Ripley. Do you know who that is? Like here or something like that." Mm-hmm. And of course Meredith's like, "No, I don't know who that is." And then she walks away. And as she's like walking away, Tom goes to the cafe and just squarely misses Meredith. Meredith. Yep. <laughs> So, okay. Yep. Good job, Tom. Yep. He really fooled everybody and it's insane. I would be so stressed to be playing these two roles. He rents this like very gaudy kind of. It's Nuevo Riche. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting choice of an apartment, but it's huge. And obviously like it's to him what he thinks Dickie would get and he spends like christmas alone there and he gifts himself like all these expensive presents and stuff to make he's it loving seem he it. is just he's got a christmas lavish he's life. got a fire
0: he's drinking
1: he's giving himself presents yeah yep he's he's totally into it but unfortunately someone rains on his parade oh when Freddie tracks him down yep and Freddie's expecting to find dicky because he like apparently went on this sort of like chase to figure out where he was and I think maybe went to like the bank or he figured out where he'd last spent money or something like that Mm -hmm. so he's just as Freddy as ever he arrives he's immediately suspicious uh because of course like so Tom sees him through the peephole but decides to let him in and he's like oh yeah Dickie was here but like he's not right now and Freddy is is very suspicious of the style and he's like, this isn't Dickie's style. This is so strange. And Ripley has also just adopted Dickie's hairstyle and mannerisms, So it's very weird to Freddie because he's not used to seeing Tom like this. And he's kind of questioning him. Um, And there's this like awkward scene where Freddie is leaving the apartment and he's like, okay, well it seems like you're going to, he's going to catch him, but he hasn't yet. So he's leaving the apartment. He ends up meeting the building's like landlady as he's walking down the stairs, and she ends up telling Freddie that she l- loves to hear the piano music that Dicky plays, and that's when Freddie knows something's wrong. Mm-hmm. He's like, "No way, Dicky does not play piano."
0: This is when stupid fucking Tom is peeking over. Oh the yeah, edge. he's
1: peeking, and then the landlady's
0: like, "Dicky." <laughs> what an idiot and then he like run, like pulls his head back yes. really quick like a little mouse
1: god <laughs> yes because <laughs> like usually like, he's pretty good at like ugh. not being freddie like kind of
0: laughs and is like uh-huh yeah
1: right he says dicky doesn't
0: play the piano like yeah. whatever but which is so yeah he just that part is so funny because it's like tom do you have to like because he's uh, you were almost kind of yes
1: but he had to of course like yeah i mean he's not He's not a perfectionist. <laughs> it's just so funny. It's like, like a he's
0: little He's just kid. like a
1: little mouse, like, <laughs> popping out. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, that's it. Then Freddie does so. Then, back to the apartment. Yes. So then Freddie's... And I'm also wondering, like, what is Freddie thinking at this point, right? Well,
0: Freddie's just thinking, like, you're obsessed with my friend. Yeah. You're impersonating him.
1: Yeah. But, but where he is, is he? also, like, where is he? Exactly. I don't think
0: he's thinking he's dead or anything. He's just like, what's no. going on?
1: But... Tom realizes that like he's found out there's no way out of this at this point. So since he was peeking and he overheard the whole thing and he saw everything. And then of course, Freddie saw him. He grabs the one thing that he can, that's heavy enough to do some damage, Mm -hmm. which is this like marble bust, marble bust that I think, uh, Freddie had already commented on as being like not. Oh, they in had like style? a weird little argument. Yeah,
0: he was like, "Please don't touch that. Please don't touch." Oh yeah, that. he's like,
1: "Please don't touch." Excuse it. Excuse me, excuse me. Please don't. It's like very awkward. So yeah, yeah.
0: He's now wielding that.
1: Ripley attacks Freddie and kills him by hitting him over the head with the statue. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's another just like bludgeoning. This one's very purposeful.
0: The head breaks off and like rolls, and it's all and it's covered in blood. It's yeah. Awful.
1: So then he needs to figure out what to do with the body. And he ends up carrying Freddie to his car, like carrying him as if he's like drunk. Yeah. He's per- he's, he's basically like, like pretending. Around. Yeah. Like that, you know, if someone were to see him, what could he say? And someone does see him. There's a couple that sees them and he's like, oh, he's so drunk. You know how it goes that he's like pretending to be like this, like stupid American, like couple of friends. And he puts Freddie's body in the car and then ends up driving him out to the woods where he leaves his body on the ground and then abandons the car. Yep. So Freddie's corpse is very quickly discovered. Basically, the police
0: come to his door. They question him about Freddie. They think he was killed earlier
1: than 7 or no later than 7, so the timeline isn't matching up. Yep. So now things are getting pretty crazy, and Tom is on the run from the 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 press because they're all trying to figure out like did Dickie do this? Two and, Americans, yeah, an yeah. American potentially killed another American in Italy. Yep. And he can't let anyone see his face, uh, at least not for the pictures, because he He's not is not Dickie. Dickie. And so he like runs into his house as Dickie. The police are there and they're basically telling him like, this is weird. Like this is suspicious. Yeah. Like, and we like found this we found boat. this boat that was like way down in San Remo. And you rented a hotel, you mm-hmm. got a hotel, and then you stole this boat, probably. Yep.
0: There's only 31 boat rentals. Like, this whole... Basically, yes, it's this like... this whole,
1: like, back and
0: forth. They have something where he's like, this is um, not a coincidence. And Tom is like...
1: Oh, it's a, co- it's a yeah, coincidence. It's a coincidence. It's a coincidence. He's like, there must have been 100 boats yeah. that," And they're, they're like, like, actually, 31. Mm-hmm. So I guess obviously they didn't find the body because if no, they'd found they the body, found the body <laughs> that yeah. would have been convenient but mm-hmm. no um and so while they're having this conversation they're like hey your fiance is here marge it's funny because they call her i think they call her the fiance even though technically she is just his girlfriend at this point because they or were they were they engaged oh i don't know you're right yeah, yeah they just kind of sure. go back and forth but so they're like hey marge is here um it seems like you would want to talk to her. He's like, "Oh, okay, just let her in. What might as well." But then as they go to the door, he's like, "You know what? No. Like I can't I can't I can't do this right now. Like don't let her in." So he kind of like fakes it. And when the police leave, Marge decides to take the opportunity to go up to the door, and so she's on the opposite side of the door as Tom as Dicky, and she's like, "Dicky, And she's heartbroken, and she's just hoping for any little bit of hope that he'll open the door, but he doesn't. And so she basically says, like, you've broken my heart, and that's enough. I don't know if you did anything else, but I at least know that, and, like, it's over. Yep. Now Tom has gotten himself into this situation where he figures the best thing that he can do at this point is to pretend that Dickie killed himself. So he... Basically clears his name by faking a suicide note, and it's addressed from Dickie to Tom. Yep. And in the letter, it's like, dear Tom. Oh, it's so
0: uh, like effusive with, you've been a brother to me. You've been the best friend I've ever it's had. It's insane. Like, thank you for taking care of me. I love you. It's so over the top.
1: It's insane. I mean, honestly, when I was watching this, I was like, who would believe this? Like, Marge... I feel like more than anything, it's Marge that would never believe it. And I guess she's the one that like doesn't, doesn't. And there's trust there's, issues there. I mean, there. there's like
0: some believable parts in it where basically he's like, I've gotten myself into such a mess. I'm too much of a coward. I don't want the confrontation of like yeah. going to the police. I can't do this. Yeah. So he, I think, does he, uh, does he, he admit to killing Freddie? Yeah. I think he I says think he does something about that. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it's like all wrapped up really clean. Like, but Freddy, meanwhile, like. Dickie never would have addressed his one suicide note to Tom. No. And Marge knows that. And Marge is the only one who really knows that because but Freddie's dead. he leaves it there. And then this is when he has to make his escape. Yep. So Tom narrowly escapes the police because now he's, you know, he's committed suicide as Dickie. He's got to go. He gets on a boat. He goes to Venice. Um,
0: yeah, he purposefully went to Venice to, I mean, he's now hanging on to Peter because he yeah, tells he's Peter, like, you like, have
1: to be my anchor. You have to
0: help me because I need I don't to go to the police uh, mm-hmm. about Dickie. Like, I need to tell them the truth, but I don't speak great Italian, so I need you to help me because you're fluent. Yes. And his real idea there is, like, Venice has a different police department. He says this when they go into the police department. He's like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Don't. Doesn't all of Italy keep their police department separate? They don't talk to each other. Mm -hmm. And Peter's like, why are you freaking out?
1: I know. Yeah, he's like, wait, this is a good thing because the Rome policemen are actually there. He's like, hey, oh, yeah, they're here. They want to talk to you. They they want to talk to you, of of course. So Tom is... So panicked because, of course, if it's actually the police officers that he just talked with in Rome, I mean, he has such a rapport with that little detective with the tiny moustache oh, yes. and the scarf. Yeah, which that detective had been even <laughs> feeling like, you know, you could tell he was even like intimidated that by his money who they and gave a
0: Peppy Pew accent too. Oh <laughs> was, gosh, like so yes. difficult. Oh time. my God.
1: <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. So he anyway. It's going to be him, of course. Yeah. So he's like, fuck. I'm fucked. But it's not him. They sent it's, a different guy. They sent a different guy and he was like, that guy didn't catch Dickie. And so you let him get away. They're really mad. He
0: was the only like good potential
1: lead for the Freddie murder. Yep. So now the police are questioning Tom, the real Tom, not as Dickie and they are trying to scare him into like giving them more details. They kind of try to, uh, insinuate that he killed, um, Dickie, Dickie. And then they present the suicide note. So, that's supposed to be when Tom finds out for the first time that Dickie's killed himself. But of course he already knows cause he wrote the note. Uh, so he like puts on this big, like theatrical, like, Oh my God, like, how, could how you are you, how could you be doing this yeah. to me? Uh, you're questioning me and you already knew. And, uh, yeah. So they, I mean, they obviously see like how upset he is and, uh, somehow Tom has even escaped the place in this circumstance. And, um, he doesn't seem to be like, under questioning anymore it's over it's like wrapped for the place okay so he ends up staying with peter Peter for a while they they flirt a lot he ends up moving to venice and renting an apartment in his own name he's finally able to be like tom ripley again and uh he and peter have like a romantic relationship they talk about having to kind of like hide themselves in the like they have like a lot of deep conversations about ultimately alluding to the fact that like they're, they're not living like, in an era where they it's not like acceptable to be gay and they're having to kind of keep part of themselves private and like keep it away with a key or yeah in the basement key. and it, it would like they have to lock it all away like that's not allowed to be out because yeah they're, so it's very like not
0: well veiled innuendo and they don't they're like so clearly like enjoying each other and really like each other they have like a nice moment where Tom goes and sees um Peter conducting like a choir at the church and he's like, so like dreamy about him. And it's, yeah, they truly seem like they're, they're falling in love. So they're having a very sweet time. On the other hand, Marge is, Marge is not pissed. Marge is so mad. She is so angry. Like Marge and those beautiful floaty, like she's tan and she's got her lovely, like bright blonde hair and in oranges Mm -hmm. and pinks and whites and greens and like these linen-y clothes. Now in, Uh, Venice she is in severe leopard coats and red lipstick and she's bloodless so so pale such a contrast and she's constantly crying and so upset and like does not believe that done with
1: Tom with Tom she's so annoyed by Tom and she
0: can't believe that Tom has now glommed on to Peter she's like
1: oh wow there's never been a rainy day for for Tom Tom Ripley Ripley. Yeah. yeah she's seeing things for how they really are now yeah and unfortunately no one else is seeing those so she feels very alone in that, but she's continuing to stress that like Dickie wouldn't kill himself and he wouldn't have written that letter like to Tom. To Tom. Like yeah. that's absurd. Um, so I think Peter has arranged for Marge to stay with Tom. Yeah. Uh, which of course she is not having. She's very upset about she that. Typically
0: she typically hates hotels, but she's like a hotel would have been great. <laughs> yeah.
1: She's like straight up. Why did you do this to me? And She's there because Mr. Greenleaf wants to talk to Tom. As far as we know at that point, he just like wants to better understand what happened prior to like Dickie's death or whatnot. So, so Tom and Mr. Greenleaf have a conversation like the, it's the three of them. It's Marge, Mr. Greenleaf and Tom. uh, And, it's very clear that like Marge is uncomfortable with them talking as if like they were close, but Mister Greenleaf is very much like you were a great friend to yeah, you were a great friend, son, you were like so, you so tried to help him. And meanwhile, Marge is like, oh my god, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. So then, a very interesting confrontation happens where Marge is, of course, staying with Tom, and she. Uh, knocks on the bathroom door one night while he's taking a bath, like in a very dicky mm-hmm. way. <laughs> and, uh, and she's like, Hey, I need to talk to you urgently. And he's like, I'm in the bath. But then he decides to get out and let her in. And so he puts on a robe. She's like, I found Dickie's ring. Right. Well,
0: first he puts on a
1: towel. And okay. then yes.
0: they have a weird confrontation where the towel drops oh, the towel drops. and it's like really horrible. And yes. he's like, I'm wet and I'm uncomfortable and I've dropped my towel and I've dropped like, my, my towel. March. Give me a moment because he's trying to think of like, I need to come up with something because she has screamed like I found his rings. I found Dickie's ring. So Dickie, I don't think we mentioned that Dickie always wore these rings. He wears a pinky ring that has like a green malachite or some sort of stone. Yep. And then some other ring and they're like always on him. He always wears them. And Tom was actually wearing them for quite a bit. Of the yeah. Movie. so he tom like, had had them be part of he his he took it on and off like he had it on at the opera he had to quickly take he it off he put them off yeah, yeah he took them
1: off behind his back when when um, he saw marge
0: yeah and when he saw uh what's the guy that died freddie yeah um he had to like quickly like get soap and water to take it off so he's been wearing these as if they're his own and he took them with him kind of last minute when he did the suicide thing yep because he was like uh, okay i don't know what to do with these and i want to hang on to them because he's of course because still- he was obsessed with dickie yeah yeah. So Marge did find his rings when Yeah. she was not really snooping around. She was just looking for something to mend her bra. She said, "Who knows? She might have been snooping, but she found them." Yeah. So it was a good. It was a good cover. But then he does go back in and he gets a robe on and he's like frantic, trying to look for something. And he does put like I think he puts a razor, like a straight. Yeah, razor it's in a his razor. Pocket. That's what
1: it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, presumably, in case he needs, he to needs it, Kill her and like Yeah, it out. If he needs to kill her. So he. Has that in his pocket, and he's holding on to it like for dear life as he walks out, and she's backing away slowly, like she doesn't want to be there anymore. It's a very awkward. He's trying to ex- explain himself. He's trying to
0: explain. He's trying to reason with her in a way that he's like really shit talking, Dicky.
1: Yeah, he's like, he was. I think he even says at this point, like he was cheating on you. Yeah, or- and he
0: says like a. You're saying that he promised where but he's he it forever, but like promises. he doesn't make promises in the same way you and I do. Exactly. And yeah. So, yeah. And, but she's not buying it. She's like, no, she's all the way up
1: into the door. This is too many things that yeah. have happened. And she's also seeing that he has his hand in his pocket and the pocket is starting to turn red because yeah. he's, he's obviously making the razor himself. So hard. Yeah. He's making himself bleed. So she's getting more and more terrified and she's, but she's holding her own. Like, I don't believe you. Like this is, and he ends up admitting, in a in a like sort of desperate attempt to try and like appeal to her. He's like, I love you, Marge. Like yeah. I've always loved you. You might, I as, well, like, you might like, as well know. You might as well know. Keep that in your back pocket. Like for a rainy day. she's like, Oh, perfect. You fucking freak. You murdered <laughs> okay, my I don't give a boyfriend. Shit.
0: And now you love me too. Great.
1: Yeah. So she starts backing up further and she's at the door and he's gripping the blade and it's very intense. And we're thinking, okay, what's he going to do? Is he going to do it? But then right at that moment, Peter comes in the door. Do you think he would have killed her? I don't know. He loved, he did really love Marge. I think he would have killed her. You think
0: so? He is so berserker when he gets backed into a corner. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we're saying Dickie reacts when he's confronted. Like Tom
1: just can't and did I think he noticed that she saw the, he did. the razor, right? You're yep. right. He was going to kill her. Yeah. And she couldn't get out of the door. Like, yeah, because she like reached back. Yeah. And she was like, but it was sobbing. locked. Yeah. And it was so yeah. Peter came in. I so mean, who he knows? literally saved her.
0: Honestly, who knows? But then Peter's like, stick to straight razor or stick to like guard razors or growing a beard. Yeah. Because. He's
1: because somehow Tom still played this whole thing off mm-hmm. as she's just like, sort of like Marge crazy. is oh you have to help her she is and just like, beside herself be mad
0: at her like she needs someone to blame and you're that person to blame for her which is like unfortunately this is all really working out for Tom I know like there's a good reason oh we didn't also say that of course the dad is there because he's hired a PI and yes so, the so that's PI's the there. actual yeah. yeah
1: that's the reason the dad's there right yeah is that he's hired a PI um so Tom's still in the clear so far as we know, but Marge has like rushed to the PI to try to get to him first because they were supposed to all go to the PI together yeah, um, to kind of figure out like exactly what happened. And she gets to the PI first and she's talking with the PI and Mr. Greenleaf and she's clearly just told them her theories about like how Tom actually killed Dickie. And then Tom arrives. He's obviously nervous. And it kind of is very difficult to discern whether or not Mr. Greenleaf like believes or doesn't believe that potentially Tom could have done it. And the PI is like also playing very like, you know, poker face. You can't really tell. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is this line where Mr. Greenleaf says to um, Marge, look, there's female intuition and then there's the facts. And God, it's horrible. It's like the theme of this entire like murder in this movie is around how like the one person who knows is the woman and like can't be trusted because it's all just like intuition and not facts because she is the one who would be able to really confront him and like show that he's, you know, the yeah. evil murderer that he is but doesn't work out. So Uh, He's like, hey, I need to, Mr. Greenleaf is like, Mr. Greenfield, well, leaf. He's like, I'm going to let Tom talk to the PI, like, Marge, let's go out and about and, like. Let's go have a walk. Get you an ice cream cone or something because. (laughs) So condescending. Yeah, exactly. You're just
0: a woman who's crazy. You're a
1: woman and you just have some, like, weird intuition that's not real. So this is, there's, like, this tense moment on the balcony where the PI just kind of cuts straight to the chase with Tom and we're thinking like, okay, maybe he knows like what's going on. But actually what he says is that he, there's like so much unsavory details about Dickie's past, including a time where he was super violent in college at Princeton. And he apparently almost killed someone, um, but didn't luckily, but still he was very violent. Uh, and he even suggests like, Hey, who knows? Like he knocked up that girl in Italy and he might've killed her too and made it look like a drowning. Um, And it's all working out in Tom's favor because he's basically saying like Dickie probably did do this. But then he also says, I looked up a Tom Ripley at Princeton and the only one was a Tom Ripley working in the music department as like a A piano tuner. A piano tuner. So are we supposed to assume that Tom Ripley was there? Yeah. At Princeton. Okay. So that was him. He just like wasn't. He was a piano tuner. Yeah. And then he just happened to put on the blazer when his, yeah, at
0: the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie. Well, because he probably wanted to be close to Princeton. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I think we're also to believe
1: maybe he's, like, done shit like this before. Because yeah. Because he's yeah.
0: a bit practiced at taking on new identities.
1: Yeah. He's very practiced. And as he said from the beginning, his talent mm-hmm. is forging. And Impersonating. How do you get good at that? Because you do it. Yeah. Yeah. So the PI says as long as Ripley doesn't share his findings – with the police um, and doesn't talk at all about Dickie's past because he assumes he knows everything. Um, he will wire transfer a significant portion of Dickie's trust fund to him and he's going to make the whole thing go away. Yeah. No so that's what happens. It's great. Works out perfect. Which is insane. And so they are all set to leave um, Marge, the PI, and Mr. Greenleaf. And uh, Tom is apparently getting away with this scot-free and marge is so fucking mad so she is so mad this is when i think she actually says the line about like tom ripley's never had a rainy day yeah and then she just like completely goes berserk at him and she's like i know you did it and she's like crying and she does such an amazing job of this like pent-up anger and sadness and she just starts like slapping and hitting him and then she has to be, like, forcibly removed by Mr. Greenleaf and um the and the PI who, like, pull her away. And that's the last that we see of Marge. Yeah, she tried. She tried really hard. So, getting to the end of this movie, Ripley and Peter are now in this just completely free romantic relationship. Apparently nothing to worry about. They go on this cruise together, which is beautiful. Yeah. They're, like, looking out at the water together. Um And... Peter says that he's going to go in and Ripley's like, oh, I'm going to stay up here and just watch the sunset. And just as Peter leaves, conveniently, we then hear a lovely voice say Dickie and it's <laughs> Meredith, which how the hell does she not know Dickie's dead? Well, because he's like assumed dead. Oh, he's assumed dead. That's right. From the so, suicide note. Yeah, but then she...
0: Because there's also rumors that maybe he's not and he's yeah, assumed, okay, he's assumed fair. Tom's identity and is traveling around as oh my him. Gosh.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Which is
0: actually the opposite. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's Meredith. He's, fucking Meredith. She's like fuck I'm okay. like annoyed with Meredith I'm, I'm annoyed with Meredith like, I'm like go away Which is so stupid because obviously I mean we're
0: starting to side with Tom but we're like come on but it's because me. she doesn't do anything good like I know all she does is just like well because she's also kind of like someone who wants to know people like she's like oh I've only talked to uh with him a few times but I I certainly know him right like she's a, she's it's almost like she she's was like, like s- not popular exactly. exactly but she was rich she's and not so quite she... as popular as like Dickie and like oh I certainly know them but she's kind of always around like a in society so
1: yeah and then she also mentions like oh are you with peter or i saw mm-hmm. peter on board and i know of <laughs> him so well, she's connecting Peter new
0: yeah so she, yes because oh, peter it's peter she saw at the cafe like it's there's nothing ruined
1: it's fucked so fucked she's like telling ripley that she this is awful like she, i'm so upset i know she tells ripley like i've thought about you non-stop he's like can we talk later like i've also thought about you but I've <laughs> got to go because my K lover is actually no. I, He's yeah. like, fuck, what am I going to do? So he kisses her mm-hmm. to like kind of really try like, and yeah, just and she's pacify like, oh, her.
0: Okay. This is happening now
1: because she, she seems like she's not going to just completely be fine she's with not. him being like, this isn't a good time. Oh,
0: and her aunt and stuff is there too. Like and the, they're like, hi. And yeah. they're waving down. But then the, the, that family is kind of like, Hmm. What's going on? Because they all know the rumors. Everyone, Becky's everyone like knows. a wanted
1: man, right? Like, and she also comments on the fact that like I didn't recognize you right away in these clothes because he's back to being like, Tom, oh yeah, right? He says
0: like, oh well, well the, this is a, my this disguise. is a sponsored trip. So because the police are hiding me out, so I have to wear this. He's like spinning the lies really quick, and she's eating him
1: up. Which, yep. Sorry, you're an idiot, but. Yeah, she just completely continues to buy it, she and would then so he seals it with Facebook. an actual kiss. Like, yeah. he seals the deal with a kiss. If only she could just look him up and be like, oh. I know. She could just, like, Instagram yeah. search him, but no. Anyway. So <laughs> I, this whole time, was like, oh, my gosh, Peter's going to Peter's gonna come up and see, right? Mm-hmm. Like, where is he? Where is he? Like, just expecting it. But as far as we can tell, like... Tom's gotten away with it. Tom's gotten away maybe. with it he knows what he's going to do next? So then... <laughs> Tom, sweet little Tom goes down into like the cabin area into the room where Peter is, I think like painting music or okay. He's reading music. I don't know why he's painting. (laughs) He's doing something sensitive and artistic.
0: Reading literal music notes.
1: Yep. And he seems fine. And Tom comes in and he's like, Hey, so that sunset was beautiful, but let's stay in here for the rest of the fucking let's trip. S- yeah, you're right. So that's his original plan. He's like, we are not leaving this room. Yeah. He has no plans other th- at that point than to just hide out and yep. just like have constant sex apparently mm-hmm. with Peter in the room and like read music. notes. Sounds good. And then they'll never have to run into to fucking Meredith to fucking Meredith again. And I guess he's hoping that like Meredith will just forget him and like whatever. So that would have worked out. Except Peter's like, so I guess you kissed Meredith. And Tom's like, what? And he's like, I saw you. I went up there to like say something to you or get you. And I saw you kissing Meredith. So like, what was that about? But Peter's not like upset enough about he's it. He's mad. kind of nonchalant. Like, yeah.
0: well, cause I mean, I think he also was probably like, maybe you did have, like, a thing with her or something because, like, yeah. you're
1: closeted, so, like. Yeah, so, like, it's, and I'm sure at that point it was kind of, like, it would make sense if you were occasionally, like, like, she's like your beard pretend something. sleeping with women. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so then Tom realizes, like, fuck. Okay, He's there's. He's taking off his scarf. Yeah, he starts off? taking off his scarf and you're like, no, not sweet Peter. No, you no, wouldn't. You no. You're can, not
0: taking off. You're just, you're just, hot. you're just hot. You're just You yeah. have to take you're off just your shirt because your you're scarf. in the room. You're yep. not gonna do that, are you?
1: And unfortunately, he is gonna do that. No, this is
0: so bad. This is so so bad. This is, ab- this it's is horrible. The worst so
1: murder scene I've ever watched. So he, seemingly Peter is like still buying. Tom's Peter's
0: laying. On his stomach, mm-hmm. on the bed, reading the music. And yep. Tom comes and lays on him. Yep. On They're kind like of cuddling. like his side.
1: Mm-hmm. And he's like, can you tell me nice things about Tom Ripley? Yeah. Tom's like, tell me nice things Which about t- Tom Ripley. Fuck you, Tom Ripley. This is what he wants to hear as his last. Like, this is what Peter's last remarks have to be yep. about how great Tom Ripley is. Yep.
0: So he says, like, Peter is kind. Or yeah. no, sorry. Tom is kind. Tom is soft. Tom is sweet. Tom is lovely, like Tom All is talented. These, exactly. Tom is a mystery. Tom has nightmares. That's a bad thing. Yeah. Tom has someone who loves him. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But then he says, Tom is
1: crushing me. Yeah. And at this point, we're actually switched. We're not seeing things. We're, we're not, not seeing, actually seeing what's we're happening. We're not seeing Tom and Peter we're on the bed. at the beginning of the movie again. Yep. Well, it's the end of the movie. But it's, it's the Tom mirror. in the mirror with the rotating of the camera and the different sides of his face.
0: And but it's, it's like, like we're
1: in the room. Like it's like. But we hear it. We all, we hear it going on and it's like, he's replaying it in his head. Yes. And we hear Peter say, can say Peter. Tom is crushing, crushing me. me. Oh my Tom God, is Tom crushing me. Tom. Tom,
0: Tom, you're crushing me. And he starts to like, clearly and get suffocated. Tom is sobbing. He's mm-hmm. like, I, I'm sorry. Like he says. Tom like, is like, he loves he him. says Peter, he like is sobbing and it is it's, awful. And that is awful. Yeah. And that's the end of the movie. So that is the fucking worst. He just strangled him with his scarf while he was making him say nice things about him until he had to say, Tom is crushing me. That's like one of the worst deaths ever. I thought that was the, like that has stuck with me. I've thought about that like random times. Like it'll just pop into my head when I'm driving and I'm like, oh my God.
1: Oh my God. For some reason, I feel like I blocked it out. Like (laughs) I I didn't quite remember. What is, happened at the end? And I was like, no, 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 no. Oh my gosh. And also I his was. Con- plan?
0: What is his plan? What is he going to do?
1: I He's mean. He's a wanted man. He is a wanted man. But yeah, I because don't know. Because they
0: think that he killed. He, what is he going to do? They think he killed Freddie. The police. And then killed himself. He wrote a suicide letter where he basically admitted to everything. And then said right. he going to go kill himself. He so has no money. He now has to go and kill he has to go kill Meredith. Meredith. And her whole family? <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. She said, and go. It's a lot of people. He's going to throw them all off the ship. Oh, no. He just can't keep know. getting away with it. There's got to be a manifest of
1: who's oh, on the boat. What
0: happens in the next book? And then the police. Oh, you're right. I don't know. He eventually gets married to a woman. So is it Meredith?
1: Oh, my know. gosh. That would be No, he Insane. can't. He can't. He can't because he, he has to be Tom Ripley. I don't know. It's just such a sad ending. It's because so sad. You get no gratification as a viewer.
0: I know we were saying maybe like another movie. I can't do this again. I am. I'm sweating thinking about that just the, uh, lying is so stressful like yeah. I cannot I can't believe how I much she keeps up with
1: I hate movies Or I, know. I don't hate them yeah but but they're so where stressful. you have to experience yes. like someone catching up with same. their same, lies same, same, same. it's makes me it drives me insane
0: oh my god me too and we've and seen I just a lot of movies like that like um unfaithful with like Richard oh Gere like yes that. oh
1: <sighs> god It just gives me so much anxiety and I feel like the guilt of the person and I just want it to stop. Stop it. Like, why are why do you continue doing this? Yeah. Like just give yourself up, like give us some sort of ending here that, but this just does not give you any gratification. Like it's, there's none. It's so sad. You see this awful and hear this awful death. He has to kill his lover and he'll just continue. While he's telling, saying amazing things about him. And then the only way he could get out of this still would be like to literally kill everyone on the boat. Yep. He's, he might, he might take it. It might be the Titanic is the next movie. Oh my God. Oh my God. The next movie is the Titanic. I mean, he doesn't look that different than Leo in no, that movie. He doesn't. think about it. So, so that's the movie. That's the
0: movie. I'll quickly take us through the movie trivia. I know this was a long one. Thank you for taking us through it all. <laughs> Thank and you it was for your also help. a complicated one. yeah, we did try to like, we tried to do this high level and it's tough. So yeah, we realized that the details are also so important because they give like little clues. I was trying not to be annoying. So hopefully I wasn't in...
1: No, you were,
0: in. you were helpful. Okay. Well, here's some quick trivia. So we know about the, uh, Patricia Highsmith, that these were her books. Um, Ripley underwater being the last book. I'm like, what did he die? Like, I wonder Ripley the last underwater, book was, yeah. Now I wanna, and, like, I kind of want to read yeah. them going to Italy. Maybe I will. Um, although I don't want to be depressed. So <laughs> Matt Damon sang the song, my funny Valentine in the movie. He also learned to play the piano for the movie. So that. Is not actually him, like he's doing the keys all correctly and everything. Yeah. But they did put like a professional um, playing music. And same with Jude Law. He learned to play the sax, but there's a professional like tuned in for movie um okay so enough to get by yeah like the keys are correct and then matt damon lost 30 pounds for his role in this movie he is really thin he's like he is super trim like not an ounce of fat on him and like yeah and the paleness but i guess that was so he had to be covered in makeup so that he Mm -hmm. would look more pasty um anthony (laughs) Mingela. i feel so bad i can't say that uh (laughs) he originally wanted tom cruise for the role of ripley but after seeing um, Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting. He decided to cast Matt. So. Tom Cruise is like I can't too good Cruz. looking. Like <sighs> Matt Damon was perfect for it because also him and Jude Law did look enough alike. They did where right. Tom Cruise wouldn't have like they don't look a lot alike. But also if you're describing someone and you're saying blonde you're like, hair, oh blue yeah, eyes, blonde hair,
1: attractive. You're not going to well dressed. How can blue you describe eyes. their faces differently? So yeah. Tom Cruise would have need to have blue contacts because he's got brown eyes. Right? I think he has green he, eyes. Okay, but he has dark hair. So yeah, they wouldn't have worked. Diet. Yeah.
0: Um, the film's lush and glam setting in 50s era Italy obviously became like such an essential character, but the cast and crew filming on location, they had to do like several cities to get the fictional and idyllic Italian seaside town, the the fake town of Mongebello. Mm -hmm. So they filmed in Rome, Sicily and Naples. Um, but it was pouring rain.
1: Oh, so they would have to
0: film during, sometimes they would literally do like a few words of the like just a couple words and then it would start raining and then they'd have to like close down the set. It sounds horrible to film a movie. I know. (laughs) How do they do it? And then cut it together. There were actually a couple parts in this movie where the sound sounded off. And I was like, Oh, I wonder if they had to do that. Like they just couldn't, the sound wasn't quite right. Like he didn't hit the right inflection points or whatever, but they just had to like do it over. So, and they also had to like drive so much too. So the shoot was super complicated
1: geographically as well for how far (laughs) the towns were apart. Yeah. It's actually interesting. Like, I feel like I always assume that Italy is like really relatively drivable within like a day or something like that, but it's huge. Like, uh, yeah,
0: we're doing a lot of driving, so hopefully we can get to,
1: yeah, to you'll really front, understand the orientation after
0: that. We'll see. Um, and then my favorite fun fact is after viewing this film, Tommy was, how do you say that again? Was so, uh, you know, the guy from the room,
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Tom, Tommy Wise- I Wiseau. It, I think it's like Wiseau. I've heard him
0: pronounce it both ways. Yeah. Um, he was so emotionally moved that he vowed to make a film just as, if not more compelling. And that film was The Room. Thinking oh, it, my.
1: I didn't realize that that was his inspiration. Yes. And That's apparently insane.
0: he misheard Matt Damon's name as Mark. And so he oh, named the... Oh, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> but who knows if that part's true. That seems too, too ridiculous. I used to see him driving that black... Uh, like escalate or something where he had like the room, the room movie website. You on, did? The, oh my god! On the way home from work, all the time. On the I way was back never with we- you. I know. Wh- how
1: we just saw Tignataro
0: Oh yeah, we saw Tignataro uh, Oh my gosh, I didn't know this. Yes, I would like be at a light and just be like, what? Like I have pictures of it. <laughs> <Just> wow. <laughs> oh my god,
1: I cannot believe Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, Wiseau. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So favorite fact. Um, okay. And then this got an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes, so not too bad. No, yeah.
1: that's. I mean, it's a certified fresh rating. Yeah,
0: for a Thriller. It's, it's not bad.
1: One of our top yeah, Rotten Tomatoes ratings. So, so that's it. So thank you for
0: listening, and don't forget to like, subscribe, leave us a review. Uh, only if you like us, though. Not only if you like us. And follow us on Instagram at ThrilledPod. We yes. have a great Instagram. We
1: do, and we will be always dropping hints about our upcoming episodes yeah. in case you're going to take a little summer on. break but we'll be back for the fall which is perfect thriller season yes so definitely chime in if there's anything you would love to see us cover in yeah let season us know too